Sifters, it's Game Face episode 62 on Sifted Games. We have a very special guest with us today. A guest host, Matt, is out of town. I don't know if anyone's ever seen you before, but this is Brent Phillips. How's it going? Ultimate Brent, the builder of Sifted, who has just moved back to Los Angeles. Had talked a couple weeks ago about how we're going to get him on some shows, and uh, this was a perfect opportunity. So, Brent, welcome to Game Face. Thanks. And welcome back to Los Angeles. Oh, man, it feels good to be home. Yeah, so he, uh, it's very interesting. So he, uh, he moved to North Carolina literally like two weeks after we started working on Sifted. Yeah. I went out to meet him uh, where he lives, kind of in the valley. Glendale. Valley-ish, Glendale. Uh, we had lunch, and we talked about it, and then he was gone like two weeks later. So <laughs> working on Sifted together was like a, almost entirely remote. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the show, so we're not going to talk about it too much uh, right off the top. But welcome to the show. Good to finally Thank get you. you. You you uh, you probably know Brent. He has the Big Bada Boom cast, the Sifted Community podcast that he does every Very week. Popular, yeah, with Brian Kramer, <laughs> and he's had you've had a couple of sifters on there as well on yeah. your show, um, and he's continued to do that. You even put out an episode like while you were moving across the country. How did you do that? Uh, I had arrived by then. I just oh. did it on the floor. Oh, <laughs> with no furniture. <laughs> so it was really echoey because there was nothing around. Yeah. Worked so, out. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, you guys are finally getting to meet Brent. We'll be talking about uh, working on Sifted together a little bit later in the show. Uh, but for now, let's talk about a couple of the smaller things that have happened this week. Um, the Bioshock collection came out this week. Uh, first of all, are you interested in buying that at all, Brent? Do you think it's too soon? I don't know that it's too soon, but I feel like I consumed those games. I don't really have a, a want to play it again. Do you I not really, go back really and like replay Bioshock games? Board. I always want to, and then I play like an hour of them, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, I'm the same I get way. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that too. Like, it's not even like, I just don't have the time. Yeah. Like, anytime totally. I start playing a game for a second time, I start thinking to myself, but wait, there's this like other game that just came out that like I should probably would be better to spend my time on that. And I think it's the guilt that eventually yeah, just Steam overcomes backlog me. Yeah, guilt. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like I can't play games anymore to just enjoy them. I mean, I organically end up enjoying a lot of games that I play for work, but yeah. I never just like sit down and I'm like, kick my feet up, and I'm like, here we go. Let's play a video game. Like, yeah. Even when I'm playing games that I'm liking while I'm playing them, I'm always worried about, oh my gosh, I, I missed that moment. I need to capture that. Or There's always like other stuff going on. I can never just like... I don't have the privilege that you guys have. Where you can just <laughs> go buy a game, come home, and just play it at your own pace. That's the other thing, too, is that yeah. you, you can't just like it. play it when you want. Like It's like, okay... I have three hours today. Like, I've been doing this with, uh, with Forza Horizon 3 the last couple of days. It's like, all right, that part of the curation is done. Just talk to, like, the T-shirt plays. Just did this. I got an hour and 38 minutes. <laughs> Run out, play Forza for an hour and 38 minutes, and then ding, ding, ding. I got to get up, and, like, it, it's, it's not the ideal way to enjoy video games. So, yeah, but I'm not complaining. I still feel pretty <laughs> lucky to be able to say that I do it for a living. So, uh so yeah, I you know I'm probably not gonna go back and play Bioshock again. I'm like you, my fir- my favorite is the very first one. I think yeah. pretty much everyone would say that. So it was, it was like mind blowing when it came out. I remember um, we got an advanced copy at Game Trailers, and uh, Ryan, the guy I do the podcast with, I'd been out at a meeting and came back, and 
uh, one of the other programmers was like, Ryan has a copy of Bioshock. I was like, what? <laughs> How did he get that? And like yeah. somebody come over to the tech team and given us one, he just taken it. <laughs> so I challenged him to a uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee tournament. That's right. So And I beat him and took it. it so was Brent, back in the day at GT, and Brent worked at Game Trailers as well. He was uh, he built GT, like three or four different revision, revisions of GT he built. Three through six or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And so he... I had an office on one side of the building, and yours was directly across the room from mine. So, like, I could see and hear everything that was always going on in your office. And every day at lunch, Brent would have, like, ten people in his office crammed in there playing Smash Brothers on the GameCube. And uh, you'd hear people hooping and hollering and yelling, and, like, it was great. Like, I love that atmosphere that you guys brought to the office when you would do that. But uh, I eventually got it talking, too. We had really? To, we had to keep it down. Really? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me all that much, actually. I don't know why I'm saying really, really, knowing how that place was. And We still played. We were just quiet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, lots of things, I think, were settled with Smash Brothers at the GT office. It was a good way to settle your problems, especially because uh, I was one of the best. It worked yeah. out well for me. <laughs> I think it was a, it's a good way to, because, you know, a lot of people that worked at GT, they weren't necessarily, like, a part of, like, the content team. Like, you weren't. Like, you yeah. built a site. But a lot of people there played games anyway. And uh, because I didn't get, you know, I mostly worked with the editorial team, it was a great opportunity to get to know people and kind yeah. of, I don't know, become more than just colleagues with them. So... I love that you did that. I thought that was great. It's a good way to bring people together in the office. Again, doesn't surprise me that they told him to stop eventually. I wish I had done that with the uh, intent of making the office more friendly. I really just wanted to play. Yeah, I know. It works out. And settle a grudge. <laughs> uh, so the news about the Bioshock collection is that you cannot live stream the Bioshock collection if you're trying to stream from your PlayStation 4 or from your Xbox One. For whatever reason, 2K has told the platform holders that... Is there a... Is there an embargo on this? Are they worried people are going to find out they didn't I mean, actually make it look that good? I mean, have been out for like ever. I have no I know, idea right? why this is happening. It makes no sense whatsoever. But I'm sure you've been playing games before and like that screen will pop up. Like if you go to hit your share button sometimes during a cutscene, yeah. a lot of games will say you can't share this part of the game. Oh, I actually haven't had that happen. Oh, really? I've never noticed yeah. that before. Uh, but yeah, so that happens. Like certain cutscenes and certain scenes, they won't let you take screenshots of it, or won't let you like take video of it or record the video of it. So it just looks like 2K was like, we're just gonna black out the whole freaking game. It doesn't make any sense. And if you're if you're trying to stream on, like, you know, a piece of equipment that you have, like an Avermedia, like right, Gamer right, Portable right. or whatever, it's fine. Or if you use, yeah, they can't like, stop that. Yeah. No, they can't stop that. So it's just weird that they're picking and choosing how to do this. And why, I really have no idea why they would do it. I mean, it. maybe they're worried that the you would get the nostalgia effect that you want from just watching the video. And they'd be like, oh, wait, why would I pay 60 bucks for this? I just watched it, and that's all I needed. Uh, one thing I would say, too, is that 2K actually is pretty aggro on YouTube. Because I was about to say, well, you know, you could just watch the whole playthrough on YouTube. But actually, with 2K, you probably couldn't. Like, yeah. they are rough. In fact, our last... I've given up on YouTube, by the way. Like, I, we put up Pactor Factor on there. We the, the show gets flagged every time now. Every single time. And, like, we make so much, so little money on that show. Like, yeah. the average episode, I think we make, like, $5 per episode. That I just don't even care It should cover costs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It covers it and then some. So, it's, like, it's just a promotional tool to try to get people to the site. And, yeah. like, I've just given up on, like, even going through the whole, like, process of like trying to get strikes turned off and so right now like publishers are just making all the Pactor Factor money and boy are they getting rich. (laughs) (laughs) 
But anyway, I just thought that was peculiar. Uh, it was just one of the smaller things from this week. Uh, South Park, the fractured butthole. So you have to put the right emphasis on the right syllable <laughs> with that one. Uh, the fractured butthole has been delayed until, they didn't even give a date, just early 2017, Q1 2017. Uh, the release date originally was like December 6th or something like that, which was probably a bad idea in the first place. It's a crowded zone there. Yeah, it's not even that it's crowded. It's like by December 6th, most people have bought Christmas yeah, you've presents. already had Black Friday. And all yeah, that, so. and so... The big part of the shopping season is over. At that point, all you're going to get are the people like me who procrastinate. Yeah, I haven't bought mine by then. <laughs> I haven't bought anything by then. But most people have. Like like my mom. Like you know, She has her like Christmas club where she saves up her money. And then she gets that disbursement like two days before Black Friday. And then she does all her shopping like in four days and she's done. Yeah. I, I don't do that at all. I mean, a big problem for me is that I have to fly back to the East Coast for the, for the holidays so if I bought stuff before then, I'd have to put it all in a suitcase and then get it across the country. It's just not worth it. Yeah. So, so for me, you know, I buy all my gifts late, and those are really the only people that this game was going to target by the end of the year. I mean, it just kind of makes sense, period. Although you start looking at Q1 of next year, and it's honestly more crowded than Q4 of this year because for so now. many big games. <laughs> right, for now, because it'll probably all be delayed. It'll get too. pushed out, too. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like South Park is one of those games that you'd probably buy for people who don't buy their Christmas presents early. Like, Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> like, my mom's not going to get me the fractured butthole game. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a friend or something. I don't yeah, know yeah. it would have affected it that much. But I, I, hope I they, wonder if that game you know, in general will be a big gift-giving type deal anyway. <laughs> know, right? Like, who wants to buy someone that says fractured butthole on it for Christmas? I'm going to give it to everyone I know. It's be <laughs> that great. Would be, for us, it's a great gift. Family members, <laughs> Uncle Johnny... Probably not so much. So, uh, let's see what else. Uh, finally, after a lot of rumors and speculation, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection, was announced this week formally with a trailer. Um, we're like in the remaster remake generation. Like, it's just really become disgusting. We're going to talk about Tokyo Game Show here in a minute. And there's there were no new games really announced at Tokyo Game Show. Yeah. And it's just that's just kind of the way the industry is headed right now. The only announcements we seem to get anymore besides at E3 are for remasters and remakes. And here's another one. This one I would say not quite too soon because, like, the first Assassin's Creed yeah. could really use, like, a remaster. For sure. Um, the second one was where it really kind of hit its stride. And Brotherhood, in my opinion, is the best Assassin's Creed of them all. Uh, I think generally that it's at least high on a lot of people's lists. Um, but watching the trailer, did you get a chance to watch it by any chance? No. It's really not all that impressive of a remaster. Yeah, like, I mean, I saw some screenshots and stuff. It really didn't look like it was all that different. No. It didn't look like that. The only thing it looks like is just in a higher resolution. Like, it doesn't look like they remodeled anything or yeah. retextured anything. Like, it's just a little crisper and cleaner. Maybe higher frame rates and stuff. I wonder if people are doing... Well, I wonder if now people might be more... Uh, inclined to do a collection because this may be the last generation. Like, this collection will always work. Yeah, that could be. Because, like, it's not like in two years you just be like, oh, I guess I'll buy the Ezio Collection Part 2. Yeah. It could maybe, be. Maybe. Maybe. It has a little <laughs> bit more value than usual. I like that you're trying to find a way I'm trying. to have it all make sense. I'm, I'm on your side, publishers. I appreciate that. <laughs> I am not on the side of the publishers. Give me an update fighter, and I'll say all you need. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. Uh, also, um, The Last Guardian was delayed again. <laughs> to, like, Shepherd. I think it was actually delayed to the date, to the South, to South Park's old release date. 
It's just sliding along. Yeah, I think it just took South Park's place. Obviously, the games are completely different. In fact, I don't think there could be two video Very similar games. Plots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there could be two video games more polar opposites than South Park, the fractured butthole, <laughs> or The Last Guardian. So it just moved right in there and took its slot. But, uh, and we'll talk about The Last Guardian here in a bit as well. So, uh, and one final thing before we get on with the show, just want to mention Game Face is going to be undergoing a rework in the very near future. Um, I realized last week when we finished the show that the show has been the same for like a year and plus. Which... 61 episodes? 62 it's insane, episodes. yeah. It's really hard to believe we've done 62 episodes of this show already. The time... I mean, that's the thing about working hard and do, spending a lot of time at work. Like, your life just whizzes by. Like, it's really crazy. Like, Have a couple of kids. It goes even faster. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, I, if I, a kid was thrown into my mix right now, it would not be good. <laughs> for me or for the kid. It would not yeah. be good. So, um, I realized, and we were, I was talking to... Uh, to the TriCaster operator, Sam, and I, he was like, yeah, you know, some of the files on this say, like, April 2015. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, they do. So the show's going to go through a bit of a rework. It's not going to be completely flipped upside down and be a different show. So don't freak out if you're a big fan of the way it is now. Uh, just work on working on a different look for the show. Maybe give the show a little bit more flexibility. Uh, we'll probably be putting up a thread in the forums to uh, let you guys kind of have your say on what you'd like to see with the show going forward and how you'd like to see it change. Uh, we've kind of done that before, uh, but this time it's for reals. And, uh, <laughs> this time we're going to read it. This time we're going to read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll be asking for your input, and we'll certainly take some of the stuff to, uh, to heart when we go to rework the show. But uh, I feel like one thing I would say is I feel like the show's a little too rigid. Like We have to have six topics every week. And uh, just doing Game Face Freestyle for a few weeks uh, while Sam was gone, I just I thought this show, while it was not as well produced because it didn't have all the graphics and all the flash of a normal Game Face, I just felt like the structure of the show was a little more better and it was cer certainly easier to like create a show every week. Right. Because when you have to have six big topics every week, some weeks, particularly over the last couple months, it's been really difficult. There's some stretches. Yeah, definitely like some stretches. One of ours is sifted. Yeah, yeah. But that's not so much that there's not stuff to talk about. There's actually plenty of stuff to talk about this week. But just because you're on the show, I thought it was a good time to kind of look back on the stuff that we did for the site. So anyway, Game Face is going to get a bit of a facelift, a little bit of a rework in the near future. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, just wanted to let you guys know that. So with that... Yeah, I'm going to ask you after, because now I'm really curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will tell Brett. With that, let's get to the big six. All right, Brent, so Tokyo Game Show happening right now in Japan. I'm sure you remember the days at GT where we'd all pack up all our stuff and uh, we'd be gone for 10 days and come back looking empty. like zombies. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was empty. Everyone's it was sick great. and tired. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants anything from me for 10 days. You were like <laughs> kicking your feet up playing Smash Brothers. Well, not typically because the traffic would go nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, things used to... Like, get announced at TGS. Yeah. TGS used to be relevant. Yeah. And we, we talked about it last year on Game Face about how the show's really fallen in stature and, and things like that. And it, I wouldn't say it got worse this year. It's kind of on par with prior years. Although I did see Polygon put out a photo gallery of TGS. And, of course, these photos were taken from the press day. Mm -hmm. Which is like you get a day or two before the open show days when the crowds come in. And it's just insane. No matter what, it's going to be insane. Right. But having been there like 10 or 11 times to Tokyo Game Show on press days, it's 
a wasteland. There's <laughs> nobody there. Like, it used to be scattered, like pockets of people. And now it's just literally, like, empty. Like, those photos a... almost made me cry. I looked at them. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happened? Like, well, is that a reflection on TGS or the dwindling resources of video game journalism? Um, I think it's a, a both. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, you're not going to find YouTubers going to Tokyo Game Show. No. Like, none of those guys are going to spend their own money. Like, if somebody paid for them to go, I'm sure they go. Right. But they're not going to spend their own money to go to Tokyo Game Show. One. Two, a lot of YouTubers, like, don't really care about Japanese games all that much. Like, a lot of the popular YouTubers play Western games. Yeah. Which is kind of odd. I never really thought about it, but... Yeah, there's no, there's a market there. The, yeah. Let's there's a window. <laughs> Maybe break it. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't see them going to do it. So that could be a part of it. The other part of it is, yeah, you're right. Like, even compared to a couple years ago, there's a lot less <clears throat> sites and a lot less people working at each one of those sites. Like, GameSpot yeah. just lost Danny O'Dwyer, who had been there for years, and, like, there's no word on them replacing him. It looks like mm. they're just going to roll with who they got and not, you know, restaff and... Uh, yeah, things aren't looking good in that realm. So, yeah, that definitely makes a difference. I mean, we used to roll there with GT with, like, 10 or 15 people. We'd have, like, five or six people just for GT TV on Spike. Yeah. And then we'd have, like, eight people from the website going there to just rip the show the show a new one. So that's we're just one. And you start thinking about all the sites that have gone away over the last, like, two or three years, and each one of those taking five to ten people, it makes a big difference. And yeah, I'm it's guessing... Like 50 less people, easy. Yeah, easy. And I'm guessing even IGN at this point has probably cut down the staff that it sends there. Uh, we've yeah. mentioned on the show before, there was one year when I was working at G4 with Matt where we literally sent like 40 or 50 people ourselves to <laughs> nice. Tokyo Game Show. That was probably in 2003 or 2004. And that's probably when it was in its heyday. And here's the thing, on Saturday, it'll still be crazy. It will be mobbed with people like... Even though nobody buys games in Japan, they still all go to Tokyo Game yeah, Show for some culture, reason. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Um, and like you go to Akihabara, it's still crowded down there, but no one's buying anything apparently. So I wouldn't say it went down this year. Even just looking at photos and anecdotal evidence, it looks like it's kind of on par with last year. It's not any worse than last year, but it's still down overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's talk about some of the games. Let's first talk about the Sony press conference. Um, did you get to watch it at all? I did, and I, I caught up on all my Sony Pre all my TGS stuff by going on Sifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no shit. I've been moving. I haven't had a computer yeah. for a long time. It was nice. It actually, like, it I works. typically <laughs> go every day all the, all the time. It was yeah. nice to, like, be able to be like, oh, two week? Yeah, popular? and actually hey, click the time stuff. story. That was nice. I never do that. That's when you really see Sifted work really well is when you, you sort by the, the bigger time periods. Like, even yeah. two days. Like, you'll just find that, like... Everything that's on the top is exactly what this you is want. Stuff I actually cared about. It and like nice. I use it every week to prepare for Game Face, so I just sort the site by the week. And yeah. like literally, the top like thirty or forty things, like there is what I have to choose from for the show. It's it's amazing. Like you should try it. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, so they had their press conference. I thought maybe it might just be a complete repeat of what they had just done in New York because they just had yeah. the big PlayStation Four Pro thing in New York like a week ago. And so I assumed a lot of it would just be a big repeat, and it was. Oh, it was, yeah. I mean, they showed off PlayStation 4 Pro. They showed off the Slim. They showed off some Vita stuff? Yeah, they showed two new models of the Vita. Like, what? Why? I thought they weren't even making games for it anymore. Oh, in Japan, they announced new games for it almost every day. Oh, man. Almost every day there's a new Vita game. Like, we've almost got to the point now where we don't even, like, curate a lot of them, because some of them are, like, really obscure and, like, weird. For sure. But... We yeah, they a had lot. a couple 
RPGs for it. Yeah, to... like we curate any JRPG from a major publisher, like any of that type of stuff, we'll make sure that we get it on the site. But I mean, like some of the stuff that was just announced in the last couple of days at Tokyo Game Show for the Vita, I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is that? I have no idea what that is. And so we don't curate at all. But yeah, I mean, just that just shows you the difference in the markets. The Vita putting out two brand new models now. Go back to E3. The gotta, Vita gotta wasn't even mentioned at E3 at their press conference. No, Not even mentioned. Didn't even pretend it existed. Nope. I mean, we never got hardly any colors here. I think at this point there's like 10 or 11 different Vita colors in Japan. Like it's... I mean, does the colors... Maybe the colors thing works better in Japan? I, I mean, it works here too. I, I couldn't care less about what I, color my I couldn't is. really either. But if you remember back to like the N64... whenever yeah, all the colored controllers... The N64, like, you would see bumps in sales as they would... They had that weird, like, slime green see-through one that they put out. Like, even that one, like, the next month on the MPD, the N64, like, spiked up. Like, they had that goofy Pikachu N64 that literally was, like, the body of Pikachu. And, like, its its nose was, like, the power button or something crazy. Like, it works. Like, even in America, it works. And, like, if you're somebody... You know, some collectors is a big part of it. Every year yeah. I go to TGS, I would go to... The Pokemon store, and they would have limited edition Nintendo handhelds there that you could only buy there. So you, oh, okay. so you go to the Pokemon store there, and they'd have like three. Like the last one I think I bought was like a GBA or something. But I got this crazy like greenish silver GBA. I bought it, took it home, never opened it. And like <laughs> a year ago, I went and I looked on eBay, just out of curiosity to see like how much it was worth, and it's worth like three hundred fifty bucks. So nice. yeah, I mean. So there are collectors that buy some of this stuff, mm -hmm. too, and, and a lot of times they only put out, like, a small quantity. But I think the Vita in Japan, it just consistently sells. Like, people are still buying it there. But obviously well, in the U.S. I, I really like my Vita. I hope I, I wish it well. I liked Past Tense. Like, I literally haven't turned the thing on in forever. Eh, that's true. I mean, the other part of it, too, is that most of the games for it now are cross-platform play. Like, you can yeah. play them on play. They're PlayStation 4 games, and that's the same case in Japan, too, like... Most new games that are announced in Japan are for the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. Like, yeah. it's crazy. They don't make Xbox One versions, they make <laughs> Vita versions, which is really Gotta bizarre. be harder. Yeah, so what are your overall impressions of the Japanese press conference from TGS? I don't, I don't know that I've watched one of these before. It was kind of oh. nuts. Here's and the crazy like... thing. So it used to be, like, we go to the Tokyo Game Show <clears throat> press conferences, and... They, you walk in, and if you're from Foreign Press, they hand you these little devices that you would clip on your belt. It has and a translation. Put in your ear. It's a translation. Yeah. Well, now you're actually, like, hearing. Like, and what we ended up doing is, like, we would go and we'd shoot the press conferences, and we'd take that little box. And before we got there, we knew how it worked. So we would go to Radio Shack, and we would get the jack that would jack into these translation things. Yeah. And we'd go out of that thing into our camera so you could hear the translation in our camera. That's all they're doing now is they're just taking that out right. and just putting it into the stream, which is what we used to do. And we'd come back and we'd have, like, the English translation without having to pay somebody to, like, translate the whole thing or whatever. <laughs> so... Well, mine was extra weird because the audio kept desyncing on the YouTube video. People have been But I couldn't tell because, I don't know, well, it's English translation. I didn't know that it was anyway. desyncing, and then all of a sudden there's these weird noises over different things, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe Japanese people like that. I don't know. Yeah, I saw somebody mention <laughs> that. It took me way the... too long to figure it out. Yeah, I saw somebody mention that in the comments on Sifted. I honestly, I, I went back and watched it again, and I could not get the audio to unsync. Like, I don't know what I, it... I couldn't get it to sync. Wow, so. it's really bizarre. But yeah. it's translated anyway. Does it really right. matter if you're hearing the Japanese voice, like, in time with 
I guess the trailers and the well, gameplay. Well, it was the trailers, like, you'd hear the... It was, like, two minutes late. Two minutes? Yeah, so you'd hear this, like, what? really creepy Resident Evil trailer or whatever over Hot Shots Golf. What? It's like, what's happening? This is the weirdest game. I never saw that. That's crazy. <laughs> That's like, kind of awesome. I've been out of the Hot Shots Golf for a while, but <laughs> they really maybe I should it check it out. They really changed it up for the PS4. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, the press conferences there are much more rigid, much more boring. Yeah. Very little flash. Like, it's just like one person comes out, they say something, they bow, and then they walk off. There's, like, not much applause. Like, mm-hmm. it's really weird. And when you're there in person, <laughs> it's even more weird because you're used to being at press events here in the U.S. where it's just, like, everything. Applause, clap. Some fanboys will stand up and scream. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, people just watch. Like, they don't say anything. They don't clap. They just sit there. The only, the only applause that you'll hear, those are the Americans who came for Tokyo Game Show. That's why you just hear that, like, little smattering of, like, 50 people. I wonder if all the Japanese people are like, who are these Oh, they know who, who they them? are by now. They definitely know who they are. But uh, I was kind of surprised that their focus on... Some of the games I was a little surprised about. Like, I was surprised how many Western games they showed. Like, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, they had a brand, they put out a brand new trailer for Horizon Zero Dawn, which is an awesome trailer, by the way, if you haven't watched it yet, that basically shows the world before the apocalypse. Did you get to watch it? Yeah, yeah. I saw Great. the transformation. I mean, I had completely different audio, but I saw it together. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's archived on the site. You can watch it now with audio sync. But, like, the fact that some of these Western developers and publishers created trailers specifically... For Tokyo Game Show for their Western game, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, step in the right direction. Yeah, like that normally doesn't happen. And look, there are some other offenders, like the Days Gone trailer just basically was the same trailer but with Japanese narration over top of it. Yeah. So there was there was some quarters cut here and there. But overall I was pretty surprised that they showed so many Western games and maybe that's just a factor of the way the industry's headed right now anyway. Yeah, certainly bigger than it was. Yeah. I mean, they did a... Uh, or rather, Japan smaller. Yeah. Here's something interesting. So they gave out, like, uh, Game of the Year awards, like the first day of TGS. And Splatoon won Game of the Year in Japan, which actually that makes perfect <laughs> okay. sense because it's a sensation in Japan. It's, like, huge there. Yeah. And then... People like it. Best multiplayer game was Call of Duty Black Ops 3. That's a shocker to me. I mean... A first-person shooter yeah. in Japan getting mul- best multiplayer game of the year. Like, specifically the Xbox One version. I feel like that <laughs> did really well in Japan. So it does appear that things are changing there. Like, it seems like the people who are still playing console and handheld games are starting to enjoy Western games a little more. Yeah. Uh, the mobile people, I think, are just lost, and they're never coming back. Um, I don't think you could do anything at this point to get the people who have switched over to mobile gaming in Japan to come back and play consoles again. So, I mean, there's so much time spent on subways and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe you can take your NX. So. Yeah, I think that that's probably what Nintendo's going for at yeah. this point. Although I think shooting for the Japanese audience is a huge mistake. I think they should be shooting for the West if they really want to be successful. But that's a whole other topic. So... <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the press conference overall was really dry, kind of boring, but I thought they had a good mix uh, of games. I thought they still catered to Japan. They showed a ton of JRPGs. They yeah. showed some creepy VR stuff. <laughs> like, they're always going to. Like, it seems like half of the VR games in Japan are, like, just gawk at a half-naked girl game. Yeah, some of the stuff that you curate just for fun, like, saw that on their press conference. It's like, wait, that's... No, it's real. Like, they that's actually promote right in front that. in of everyone, the one where you're, like, a tutor or something. Yeah, yeah. Summer it's lessons. Like, wow. Summer lessons. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously Dead or Alive Extreme. There's Summer, summer Lessons. There's a, a new one that they just showed at the press conference that was, like, 
you're the landlord of a mansion where three young girls oh, are living no. there. Like, yeah. It's just a cultural difference, right? <laughs> well, once you're in the VR, no one can see what you're doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you don't think they can see what you're doing, but they can. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some of the games specifically. Resident Evil 7, they showed... Well, they didn't show. They just released a brand new trailer. I think, honestly, it's probably the first trailer for the game. Yeah, everything before has just been kind of game quick shots, yeah. Well, a quick shots like or just straight up like here's like 10 minutes of the game being played. Yeah. This one was actually kind of cut together. Uh, are you a horror fan? Do you like horror movies? Uh, horror, horror, horror movies, not horror movies. <laughs> horror movies. Love horror movies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like scarier games than I do the movies. Like yeah. Dead Space is one of my favorite games. Um, but I kind of bounced off the Resident Evil series entirely. Oh, really? I can never get my hands around the controls. Like, really? I don't like... So wait, your entire gaming career, you've never enjoyed Resident Evil? Is that right? No. Wow. Every, everyone like yelled at me for not playing 4. Yeah. So I played 4. I As like, they I should have. I was like, I don't like this. Done. You didn't like Resident Evil 4? I don't like the controls. But Resident Evil 4 had different controls. It, wasn't it did have different controls. They were still bad. No way. They were st- it was still hard for me to do what I wanted to do. Do you like third-person shooters? Yeah. You do? And you I like didn't... Dead Space. Wow, that's really bizarre. <coughs> so you you have never finished a Resident Evil game? No, never. Oh, actually, that's good though. I'm actually it's perfect that you're on this show because what do you think of this one? Like, is, I think it looks is creepy this as calling hell. to you, or you think you might be interested in playing it? Because I mean, I'm guessing that if there's a big change for the game this time, like they're probably shooting to try to reach new audiences. I mean, it looks really interesting so far. Like, I got some really deep PT vibes, which I guess you're supposed to yeah. from that one hallway shot. And then uh, I just imagine being in VR and having that like crazy family feed you intestines. You're just yeah. like, That's, <laughs> I don't know if I can take that, but I'm I'm excited they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the new trailer that they put out it was much less ambiguous than mm-hmm. the stuff they put out before. It was clearly defined. There was people, like, talking and characters and actual dialogue and other humans that you actually meet and, like, interact with. Yeah. As you disturbing. see, like, a cop comes, like, not everyone's evil. Right. As, you know, as disturbing as it may be, they were actual people that you're interacting with instead of a bunch of bugs scurrying along the ground or yeah. rotting flesh on a kitchen table, which is kind of what we've got so far from this game. So, you think you might give it a try? Uh, it's... It's always going to be a wait for reviews kind of situation at the very least. Are but... you getting a PlayStation VR? Uh, that's a kind of a wait for reviews situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fair I mean, enough. I was I had an Oculus pre-ordered, and then they got so weird with the release date, and then yeah. like, they sent me an email. And they're like, "In two weeks, we'll tell you something." I was like, "You know what? F you guys." Yeah. <laughs> and then so I pre-ordered a Vive, and I was like, "It's oh, like eight hundred dollars. It's a lot." So now I, I don't have anything. The v, I. I think I'm sold because I'm going to get a, a PS4 Pro, and then I think the um, PSVR will be kind of maybe not on par, but it'll be good enough. I got my I got my PlayStation VR for my birthday. My birthday was oh, back cool. in February, and my wife's like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I was like, "Something that <laughs> comes out in months. October." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's about to pay the piper here in like the next few weeks. Finally, buy me my uh, birthday gift. Uh, but that's how I got it, and I'm still trying to get Oculus. Oculus like contacted me. They're like, "We're going to send you one," and that was like two and a half months ago. I messaged them, like, what's up? They're like, we're waiting for allocation. They're, like, sold out everywhere. And we have pre-orders we're still trying to fill. And, like, I really? think that's sold all solved everywhere? now. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know what the deal is. So, yeah. I don't know. Matt I feel, meant, like, I, I feel like Vive has kind of won so far. Oh, yeah. It so, has won. Yeah. Yeah. It's still expensive, though. 
<laughs> that doesn't that doesn't give me eight hundred dollars to buy it. But I'm glad that there was someone who was sort of a winner. I was really worried at the beginning that I would I would buy Oculus and then Vive would win and then, be, right. and then I'd be stuck, especially with all the room stuff for Vive. I, like all the Oculus stuff, you could play on Vive through one way or the other, but you can't play all the Vive stuff on the Oculus. That's true. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. So. Well, the point was, you still kind of have that effect with the PSVR. Like, if the room stuff is really what takes off, like, I mean, I guess you have the camera and the... I mean, I would say at this point, PlayStation VR is probably the safest bet in virtual reality, I think, because it's the cheapest, and I think it's going to have the biggest install base. I mean, the install base for Oculus and Vive is still really small. And look, Vive Vive is kicking Oculus's butt, but, you know... Relatively. Two times two is four, is what <laughs> yeah. I was saying. Like, and I think it's sold double Oculus. At least that's the, the words that's going around the industry right now, is that it's sold out, out sold Oculus by two to one. Uh, but, you know, zero times a million is zero. So. Well, does it come with the with the uh, PlayStation Eye and all that stuff? Like, I don't have any of that. So I'm going to have... It's actually not a cheap buy-in for me. No, it's not. Yeah. And you need the move controllers. And, yeah. I mean, there's a bundle that has all that stuff packed into okay. it, though. I mean, I already have all that stuff, so I just bought, like, just the head-mounted display and, and the base package. But you can buy a bundle for, like, an extra, I think it's 100 bucks. It has, That's like... That's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's doable. But I would think, going back to why I brought this up, is, you know, Resident Evil 7 is probably going to be, like, the killer app for PlayStation VR. And so that's why I was wondering if maybe, if you're getting PlayStation VR, that, you know, Resident Evil 7 might be something that you pick up. Right out of the game. Yeah, I mean, what I had heard about Resident Evil 7 VR was that it was the one-way ticket to Vomit Town. Like, <laughs> yeah. The frame rates just weren't at the point where they could yeah. do that right. Um, but maybe with the PS Pro, they're, they crossed that threshold? I mean, I don't know. I, I know you have to be at least over 60 to not throw up every time you turn around. Yeah, I mean, look, I played it at E3, and it was it was tough. I'll say that. <laughs> and uh, it was running on the stock, the original base PlayStation 4. Um, and in all honesty, like, you know, the game didn't look that good to me yeah. on top of it all. Like, the one thing I would say about so Resident Evil... sacrificing on both ends. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say about Resident Evil 7 is that it almost looks like an indie, like, walking simulator, what they've shown of it so far. I mean, that is, that's actually more exciting to me. Really? Like, <laughs> I'm, I want to play PT. Yeah. I mean, I guess he gets a gun. And stuff. Oh but. yeah, you definitely get a gun and weapons and things like that. I mean, there's there's gameplay to it for sure. I mean, I'm really kind of hoping there. I mean, I realize there will be. I'm hoping there's like no HUD or anything. It's just you in that world. I think that'd be cool. I would pretty much guarantee the VR iteration of this will take away the HUD or yeah, give the cool. option to turn it on if you want. But the HUD in VR is actually kind of cool. Like that's one oh, thing yeah. I would say. Yeah, like the HUD for games in VR like floats in front of you. Well, so, my experience with that is I have the Oculus Dev Kit. From forever ago. Yeah. And I played, uh, it was like Strike Force Zero, and like they had it all set wrong, so like the the UI was like right here, <laughs> and like you're shooting spaceships, so like the spaceship is way out in the distance, but like the, the reticle on it is like right here, and so you didn't have anything to focus on. It was awful. It's got a lot better. Since I, I can then, imagine. Right? <laughs> There's a lot of room to get better than that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea that you had never really played through a Resident Evil. Like, mm-hmm. and I've known you for ten years, and I never we had never talked about that until today. Been hiding interesting. It. Yeah, waiting for now. <laughs> so let's see. The last Guardian we mentioned was just delayed. It is playable at Tokyo Game Show. Uh, journalists got a chance to spend about an hour with it. They were able to record about twenty minutes of it. Did you get a chance to watch the gameplay that went up today? I did. What do you think? 
I mean, I thought it looked like what I expected it to be. Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. I mean, it's pretty much turned out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. I mean, be. it's kind of like No Man's Sky. It's like, what did you think this game was? Yeah. I don't know. I heard some people are um, disappointed with it. It's like, well, why weren't you before? Well, I mean, some of the press is... <laughs> this scene right here where you can't grab the thing, I'm like... Oh my god, let me, give me the controller, yeah, I will do I it right, please, <laughs> I promise. Yeah, I mean, I think the press has been railing on it today, uh, because it, look, they've, they have actually played it. There's a difference between playing a game and, and yeah, watching that's, someone that's play sure. a game, although YouTubers would argue there isn't, but there really <laughs> is. And most of the press is saying that the controls feel a little loose and the camera is a problem. And you can even, later on in this gameplay clip, you, yeah, you can see... Yeah, you see him having a problem with the camera. You can see the camera going nuts, like... He tries to flip a switch, and Trico's like off in the background, and the camera just starts. It's yeah. in the cameras in the corner, and it doesn't know what to do. And like, I can't even remember the last time I had a problem with a camera in a video game. I cannot remember the last time. Like, it is not something that's ever mentioned in reviews anymore. I can't remember yeah. the last time I wrote about it in a game review at GT or an eval for Sifted. I cannot remember the last time that a camera was so bad that I had to mention it. Like, I mean, I, a friend of mine did all the camera stuff for the God of War games. Yeah. I remember when he told me that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is someone's Somebody job. does that. I never that. really thought and about that. And you're damn good at your job because the camera in God of War was great. Like, yeah, it worked. Despite the insane action of that game, yeah. you never had to worry about it. But, like, I think this is what we're going to see with The Last Guardian is that it has been in development for, like, ten years. Yeah. Like. And there are going to be hangovers. Like, 10 years ago, cameras were an issue. You go back and read reviews on GT from 10 years ago, and we talk about the camera in every damn one of them. <laughs> and that's what's happened here. This game has taken so long to come to fruition that it has problems that modern video games it's come no longer have. Yeah. Like... I just think it's inevitable. I mean, I would still wonder why, if you've had that much time, you couldn't go back and fix the camera or bring in somebody who works on games that have great cameras to help you work on it. Like, I, to me, there's no excuse for yeah. it having a bad camera. What, but, gets, what gets me is that he looks like he's animated. And then, like, the environment looks, I don't know, like it just fell out of Rise of the Tomb Raider. It just looks yeah. real. Like, it's it, there's some weird conflicting... Art types here. Yeah, like the boy has like a, almost a cell shaded, like cartoony yeah, art he almost style. Almost like it's a different frame rate than the world. Like it's odd. It's not even the frame rate. It's just a completely different art style. Like he should look. Trico fits the world. It's just the boy yeah. that doesn't fit. Like he's all flat shaded. Like, look, it's a ten-year-old game <laughs> running in 1080p. I mean, that's basically what they've done at this point. Um, let's talk about like the gameplay though. Is it pretty much what you expected it to be? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually fine with that. I like kind of the puzzle gameplay stuff. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. It, I think it's exactly what I thought it was yeah. going to be. It is really, like, all the years I've been talking about this game, wondering and hypothesizing of what it might play like, because we never got to play it. Right. It's turned out to be exactly what I've talked about all this time. <laughs> it's like a mix of Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Like, yeah. it's a puzzle solve. It's like a puzzle platformer, basically. Well, with I a, think they're good at that. Yeah, well, they're great at it, for, without a doubt. And they're also good at the whole, like, hey, I'm going to tag along with you for the journey thing. Like, yeah. it, it looks like a mashup of the two games to me. He's going to die at the end. And the he's going to die at the end. I mean, they, in There's later, no way Dogbird makes it through. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've already shit. Like, the last trailer that they put out, there was GameStop Expo this week, and a trailer leaked out of that that was impromptly taken down. But 
I did get to watch the trailer, and it was on Sifted for a while it lasted. While it lasted, but there was like four scenes in that tra- one minute trailer where like Trico is hurt. Oh no! And he's like whimpering and crying, and the boy is like you know petting him, being like, "It'll be okay. It'll be all right. It's not gonna be okay." They're just right setting us up. <laughs> they're just setting us up for the fall. One thing that this new gameplay did show off that we wondered about was in the trailer for E3, we thought there was a different Trico because. His eyes were like glowing. Well, there's more than there's at least more than one in a couple shots. Is there? Yeah, I saw a screenshot with like one with like sort of a helmet type thing, and behind this really? one. Really? Yeah. Well, anyway, we thought that the glowing eyes was like an evil Trico or whatever. It no, turns maybe. out, it turns out that there's this like shield thing that you get that you use to like basically possess Trico. Oh, that's kind of cool. And to get him to do like what you want. So there are some new mechanics that were shown off in this gameplay. Are you more excited or less excited, or do you not? does this not change your opinion of it at all? I am probably more excited. I like this puzzle kind of gameplay. I like those games. And I didn't really know what we were going to get. Yeah. I mean, I kind of suspected, but the, I don't know, it being a little bit rough on the camera work and the conflicting art style, like, I'm not going to care about that if the game's fun. Yeah. I don't even know if I, I would say fun. I don't know if this is, like, the kind <laughs> of game that's, like, fun. I think it's, and I don't necessarily want that. I don't want it to be fun. I want it to move me on a different level from most other video games. Like, I want it to yeah, maybe. have an emotional impact on me that I don't get, that I typically get from Team Eco's games and I don't get yeah. from others. So, as long as they deliver that, I can fight my way through a wonky camera. I did it for 20 years. I can do it yeah. for one more game. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to ignore it in the game eval or when I evaluate the game or critique it. But as far as just playing the game, like it's not something that's like a deal breaker for me where I'm like, I can't play this. Because there are people <laughs> out there that are like that. They're like, I won't play this. Like This is where I put my stick in the sand and like I, I can't relent on this. This is yeah. a, too big of a deal for me. Like I will never do that with this game. Like If indeed the only problems are the camera needs a little bit of babysitting. So Yeah, so be it. It hasn't really changed my opinion on the game at all. Um, I'm still really excited for it. Um, Maybe a little more cautious, maybe a little more guarded sure. than I was before I saw this gameplay. Um, but well, it's it, not the like if somebody spends ten years making a video game, that doesn't mean it's like ten years worth of great. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's it, true. Really, everyone should have been very cautious. <laughs> I want their jobs, though. I wish I could like take ten years to make something. Wouldn't that be sure. great? Yeah, and <laughs> get paid the whole time. How did that happen? I don't know. You know how it happened. You got to worry around year eight. It's like, are they going to do something about this? It happened because of people like us. Because we hyped it up the whole yeah. time. And Sony the whole time. I'm sure they're like, man, like... <clears throat> you got to make this worthy of that hype. Well, they're they're just like, we need to cancel this game. Yeah. And then inevitably they're like, oh, but all the press, they're in love with it. Like, you know, we can't because, you know, we'll get raked over the coals for it. They probably, and look, this is just Sony being shrewd, but Sony's probably like, look, man, we got some people in our pocket with this game already. People who are already sold on it, regardless of how good or bad it is. Like, well, I didn't think Eco and Shadow of the Colossus actually sold that much. Yeah, they sold okay. But not well, I great. kind of expect this to sell okay, not great. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not going to be up with like Call of Duty or no, anything no, no. like that. But, uh, but you I've... spent 10 years developing it. you got a lot to make up in terms of... I don't think they'll ever recoup their money on costs. this game. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, I think it'll probably sell around $2 million in the U.S., I'm guessing. It'll probably sell like 200000 in Japan. Yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. Like That's probably what it will sell, like two hundred grand. So, 
Yeah, at this point, it's not really a money play. I think it's just Sony, like, paying off fans after all this time and all this hype. Paying off GT, damn it. We gave it, like, <laughs> most anticipated of whatever for, like, <laughs> eight years straight. So, I'm just excited the damn thing's finally almost here. Like, like watching this gameplay, it's exactly what I thought. You work with Trico to solve puzzles and move forward. And that's pretty much the game. Danger lurks here and there. Yeah. Peril is afoot at certain points of the game. But I mean, see, uh, that part is actually what's exciting to me. Like, if it's an emotional moving story besides that, great. Yeah, it's a bonus. But I, th- I, think, I'm gonna, I think I'm primed to enjoy this quite a bit because... I think they'll nail the puzzle part of it. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, for sure. And then if the emotional thing misses, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> It'll just be another game where yeah. it misses, <laughs> like, yeah. every video that's, game. That's not that rare. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Death Stranding. So at Sony's press conference, Kojima comes out on stage and basically for the very first time ever explains... T- Explains <laughs> yeah. Death Stranding to the audience. Did you catch that by any chance? There's, there's strands. There's connections to people. That poor translator. I feel so <laughs> bad for the girl who was translating that. She did well, an amazing job, by the way. For it being vague, and it's not. <laughs> no, like there are certain words that just do not translate well, and right. like she picked up on like a lot of nuance. I was actually impressed with her translation. But what the hell? Like, what the hell is he talking about? No, as soon as he said open world, I was just like, oh, no. Well, open world's okay. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five was open world. But it means we're not going to see this game for, like, six years. It could mean that. I mean, look, <laughs> it's a Kojima game. Are we going to see it in six years anyway? We might have if he didn't do an open world. I don't know. Well, it's maybe. like him announcing, he's like, well, it's going to be PS4 Pro compatible and, like, like, 4K and HDR. Well, yeah. Cause yeah, when the... you play it on your PS6. because yeah, by the time <laughs> this thing comes out... That's going to be old news. Yeah. That's like saying Metal Gear Solid Five was going to be in HD. Like, it's the same <laughs> thing. Like, I still, like, you know, he stood up there and talked for, like, seven minutes. I still really have no clue what this game is about. Well, I don't think he knows. They just started it. I, mean, I think they have some ideas. They don't really know what they're going to do. I, I mean... I, I don't know. So I mean, he, he, I think they announced it way too early. I mean, I think the the title and that we're going to work on something was great, but like we didn't need this. We don't need this for two more years. Just know that it's happening and like let them figure it out. I don't want them to like commit to some. I mean, this was vague enough that they are committing, but well, the premise he does kind of lay out the premise. So he says that stranding is when wildlife in groups go someplace, and if there's like life. Stranding, where they just go and they live in this new place for no reason. And there's Death Stranding, which is like when whales go to like beach, beach themselves. Beach yeah. themselves. And so he said, basically, the, the concept is, is that Death Stranding, there is a being that comes to our world to Death Strand. And that's where the whole concept of it is. And then the strands, like if you see the logo there, like those lines coming down, that's not like paint streaks. Those are like... yeah. The strands that are supposed to tie the players together through, like, an online environment? I suspect we'll just kind of bleed into each other's worlds, like, I guess. or something. I don't know. Anyone in this whole thing that you're seeing right now with this whole thing about, like, using <laughs> clubs and, like, we will still have the club in the game, but, and then instead we're going to jump rope together? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, game of the year. Game of the year. Goaty. <laughs> All I needed was jump rope and beached whales. Yeah. <laughs> What is this? It's insane, dude. When do you let's let's do this? When do you think? What year do you think we're gonna see Death Stranding? Uh, like it released? Yeah. 
I mean, 2021, maybe? Five years from now? I really do think it's going to take a long time. Huh. I don't... I think, like, I think he probably told Sony it's going to be three years. Oh, yeah. And then Max. Sony, and then when, Max he, three when years. he's, like, 60% done in three years, they're going to be like, well, you can have one more year, and then it'll bleed into the next year. That could actually happen. I think I'm going to be more optimistic than say three years. I think what he's going to do is I think, he's, I'm sure that's what he told them. I'm just no, sure for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he told him two years. <laughs> Sony's <laughs> not going to let him take three years to make a game. Like, that's just, that's unheard of in the modern industry. Yeah. Which is why he left Konami, because Konami's like, bro, like... Do whatever. No, no, Konami at first was like, do whatever. And then yeah. they were like, yo, like, nobody does this anymore <laughs> but you and Nintendo, which... Yeah. They're the other exception that will take forever to build certain games. But I think he told him two years. I think it'll be three. And I think it, it just won't be as big of a game as he's used to making. And I think maybe... That's, well, that's what I was hoping. And then he said open world, and I was like, oh, no. But I think what's going to happen is what he's talked about is going to let him off the hook. Because he's building some kind of online world where everyone interacts with each other. And a lot of times when you do that, like... You don't have to build all that big of a game. You just provide sure. kind of this toy box, this sandbox, for people to interact with each other. And if it's a really cool concept and it's really different, which Kojima stuff tends to be that way sometimes, that's all you need. So maybe you know ambition will be quelled a little bit for this project. It's also the first project for his studio. He knows it needs to come in on time. As he mentioned in the presentation, he is now an independent studio. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, he's not, like, under the bosom of some huge corporation anymore. I mean, Sony kind of took him in. They're publishing the game, and they're probably funding part of the development or whatever. Yeah. But he doesn't have that mothership anymore with just boatloads of cash from pachinko machines to just keep feeding <laughs> into his, his coffers. So, even Kojima, I believe, is going to learn a lesson here. And I just think the game, I think maybe the reason he's being really ambiguous about it is because maybe it isn't, like, of that scope that you would expect of a typical Hideo Kojima game. So it'll be interesting to see. I also don't think we see anything else from this game. Oh, there's a, another presentation Saturday. I know most people are going to watch this on Friday. We're recording Thursday night. Most people the will watch it tomorrow. Thing. He has a presentation on Sony's stage Saturday. Oh, okay. Where he's supposed to go into a little bit more detail. And my guess is once that happens, we will not hear much from this game for a long time. Because they haven't really done anything. They selected the engine. Yeah, like a week ago. Like right. they don't have. And they've I hired. I mean, if they have this. Is kind of amazing. But this is just a CG whatever. Like it's I mean, just that's a, in an engine. Done something. It's. I that was not built on the engine that they're going to make the game. Oh sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it it might have been, but it wasn't. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I think we're going to be living with this proof of concept thing. And the, whatever he does at TGS for a while, like, I think at least until next TGS, if then. Like, maybe he shows the first, like, real trailer from the game, which probably will still be way too early, but... Yeah, you're in? I don't know. <clears throat> we'll see, but I have a feeling <clears throat> this game's going to go underground here, and everyone should probably enjoy the next few days while they can and get everything you can get out of it, because I think we're not going to see a lot of it after that. I mean, you can kind of hope... I mean, clearly he wants to make movies. You can kind of hope that he just cuts some of the sprawling gameplay stuff and just start stringing some of those things together. String. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I was You did on that purpose. on purpose, right? Totally. Yeah. 
So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't count. I, like I would not, probably not count on playing this. Maybe not even count on playing this on like your PlayStation Four Pro. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe PlayStation Four Super Pro. Well, like, I think it whatever. would be the five. I think eventually they will go up to the. It'll five. be a five. The question is whether or not it's all backwards compatible, and this is just. PlayStation. I mean, on the on a positive tip, this could be the type of game though that convinces Sony to make sure the PlayStation Five plays PlayStation Four at least Pro stuff. Yeah, which I'm kind of assuming that's what's going to happen anyway. Yeah, I mean, if they kind of iPhone it and do a generation or so back, then and I mean, it can be per game. Like on it the can. iPhone, yeah. like it'll just say in the description, like you needed a six at least to play this. I'm fine with that. Or like some of these like random indie games are like, hey, anything above a four is fine. Yeah. That'd be great. Yep. So, all right, let's, let's clean up some of the scraps from Tokyo Game Show. Because really, sure. after what we've talked about, that's really all that's left are scraps. Yeah, totally. Um, Earth Defense Force 5. You ever been a fan of the, Earth, the, the EDF franchise? <laughs> no. And this no? is the bananas. There's <laughs> 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 gigantic ants everywhere and stuff. But... I mean, they've always been this way. Yeah. Um, I've... I have a, I do have a bit of a little special place in my heart for these games because they're just so janky. Yeah. But they're still fun. Like it's still it's janky in the trailer. Like that's it how is, janky yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, but I, it's almost become like part of the series' charm. Like I feel like if they ever made like a polished version of this, like it would all be over. Like yeah. people would be like, I don't like it anymore. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with this game that like looks good. Like part of the fun is like. Watching the engine crumble to its knees when like eight thousand ants fall out of a UFO, like it's half the fun. It's like the absurdity of the whole thing. It's like tongue in cheek. It's kind of funny. Um, there's like a cult. Look at that frog dude. Like it looks like I modeled that guy. It's it's great. But there's like this cult following of people that love EDF, and uh, I'm sure they are celebrating wholeheartedly right now wherever they are as this trailer was released last night. So. That's one of, the, and sadly, think about that. That's one of the bigger games announced at Tokyo Game Show. <laughs> yeah, think there wasn't a lot about that. There are no, there are hardly any games announced. Um, here's another one that was just announced, definitely bigger than EDF Five, Muso Wars from Koei Tecmo. Wars or stars? Stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. What did I say? Wars. It's no one cares. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no one's gonna play this game anyway. So this is a Dynasty Warriors clone that mashes up. Several properties that are under Koei Tecmo's wing. Uh, it's Ninja Gaiden, which I'm a huge fan of. It's Taukiden and sort of Vermilion, I think. Or no, it's Atelier is the other one, which is like a JRPG franchise. So yeah. it's like these three franchises mixed up into a Dynasty Warriors game. They kind of did this once before with uh, Dynasty Warriors Orochi. Do you remember that game? Yeah. That was kind of a mashup game. It was like the last time they did it. I think that was like six, seven years ago. Um, but this Zelda. Is, this is kind of the new one. Well, yeah. Now, it, the whole cross thing has become huge. Like, Persona 5 came out in Japan today. And that's exciting. All on its own. But in honor of that, like, all these other games, like, put Persona 5 stuff inside them. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, like, dra- that's actually where Lord of Vermilion came from. It was Lord of Vermilion, Dragon's Dogma Online, and one other game, I can't remember what it was, that are, like, bringing in stuff for Persona 5 just for, like, the launch week. And these, and look, Persona 5 is published by a completely different company. Like, it's yeah, just, they just really, like it. it's just respect. They're just, like... I mean, Rocket League was kind of like that. They just stick stuff in because, like, here's yeah. a flag for this because we like it. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have approval to put a 
portal flag in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, I think they a, did. I mean, maybe they had approval, but there was no like money exchanging no, hands no, no, or anything no. over it's it. Like they just like Valve likes Rocket League, and they're like, or vice here, versa. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just mutual respect on both sides. So, but in this case, all the properties are owned by Koei Tecmo. I mean, who knows? It could end up becoming one of these things where they do get other properties involved. I'd be really surprised if that were the case. But uh, do you like Dynasty Warriors games? I like I played the Zelda one and thought it was pretty fun, but like I really like the Warriors. Zelda. Yeah, I really like the Zelda characters. Like I've never actually played a Dynasty Warriors game. Oh, okay. The, the uh, Hyrule Warriors was the only one, but like this looks exactly the same. Like I don't... yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, I mean, sure, but <laughs> that's why I asked you if you like quote games like the this game, yeah. because either you do or you don't. And after you said you've never played Resident Evil, I'm like, maybe he like <laughs> Maybe he never played a game. <laughs> I didn't say that, but maybe he does like Dynasty Wars. Like, you just never know. Like, certain people gravitate and uh, resonate with certain genres, and other people don't, so. I mean, I didn't beat it, but I enjoyed my time with it. It's just after four hours or it's so. Repetitive. Like, it's repetitive. It's just the same thing okay all over now. again, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of been my take on, this, on the Musou genre from the beginning. And look, there are some people out there that love them, and they'll sit there and gladly button mash... Till our heart's content, but... By all means. Yep. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Just not for me. Uh, this game we're going to talk about for Tokyo Game Show, Metal Gear Survive. Um, was announced this week that the game... You're familiar with Metal Gear Survive, yeah. right? So it was announced this week that uh, it's actually being developed by the Metal Gear Solid Five team, yeah. minus some... <laughs> minus probably the key players that... The people who actually mattered on the yeah. team. <laughs> so all we got so far was a trailer and some cryptic explanation from Konami... Um, Saturday, again tomorrow, they are doing the first ever gameplay demonstration on Konami's stage. So, I mean, is this, is it going to be a standalone purchase? Yeah. This feels like it's gonna be a discounted DLC though. mode, like a horde mode. It kind of is, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, they have Metal Gear Online and Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. I'm sure it's built on that same engine, and, yeah. I mean, it, on one hand, I hate it. Because it's like, you're totally, like, desecrating, like, the Metal Gear name. But on the other hand, I'm, like, kind of happy that Konami's still actually, like, making real video games. Like, I would, as much as people hate Konami, and as much as I disagree with a lot of the decisions it's made over the last seven, eight years, and as much as I hate to see it kill off all these properties and send Kojima packing, there's something inside me that would be sad if Konami left video games. Yeah, I have been playing Konami games since I was, like, seven or eight years old, like... It, I just don't think the video game world would be right if there wasn't a Konami. Like, I just, I don't know. Maybe I have more of an affinity for Konami than a lot of people. I think a lot of modern players only equate Konami with Metal Gear. Right. Whereas there are dozens of franchises that I've played of Konami's over the years that are near and dear to my heart still. So it's... I guess what's sad about it to me is that if Konami drops... No one's taking their place. Yeah. It's just another big guy's gone. Yeah, it's true. I mean, indies are kind of taking the place of all these publishers that are going yeah. away. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, if you look on the indie channel on Sifted, it is probably the most populated channel on a daily basis. Like, as far as just the amount of content, like, on the indie channel, like... It's so easy now with middleware and things like that to make games, and I love that part. Still of it. hard, but it's a lot. Of, it's, it's hard. Possible, it's a much, it's possible. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Exactly. Now it's possible to make a video game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of taking the place. A lot of these big publishers, unfortunately, you know, they don't have the budgets to make the games that these publishers were making before they went away. So yeah, it is what it is. 
But I would love if somehow Konami managed to turn it around with or without Kojima and remain relevant in the industry and, and eventually went on to make another great game. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2017 is getting great reviews this week. So at the very least, maybe they'll stick around and keep doing that, that franchise. Um, but So Metal Gear Survive tomorrow, they're going to show off the gameplay for the first time. Are you excited about that? Or is it like a car crash thing where you're like, you want to see it, but you really don't? <laughs> I don't know, I'm I'm kind of ambivalent. I'm not gonna play it either way. I don't think I played I played like 25 hours of Metal Gear Solid 5, and it just it was got really repetitive. Like it did, I enjoyed yeah. it at first, so like I'm not like aching to get back in there and experience more of it. Yeah. Well, this really isn't more of it. It would be well, a good thing mean, if it was but... more than Metal Gear Solid 5, <laughs> but it's not. So. Probably even less inclined to enjoy this. I mean, yeah, as I understand it, the game just stops. So, like, yeah. if you're going to release extra stuff, like, finish the game. Well, they said that it is finished. That was another thing they said in the last week. Konami came out and said, no, 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 that is the final game. And we all know <laughs> that's a bunch of crap. Like, they've yeah. already data mined the code, and they know that there is other hooks in there to, to lead to other things. So, we're never going to get the finished Metal Gear Solid V. Um, I want to see it. I'll be there. I'll be watching the live stream to check it out. Like, uh... It's a Metal Gear game. Like it or not, whether it's made by Kojima or not, it's a Metal Gear game. I want to see if... And you got to assume there's a couple of Kojima's disciples that stayed at Konami. Still there, yeah. Because I'm guessing Konami, when Kojima left, they were like they threw money at some people. Or they might just be under contracts and stuck. That could be. That very well could be as well. You got non-competes or something. I don't know how Japan is with that stuff, but... I imagine it's more strict. It is more strict, yeah. yeah. And there's the whole honor thing that comes into play in Japan as well. And look, people, you know, don't blow that off. Like, that is real. Like, yeah. people who work in Japan, like, they feel a loyalty to the company that they work for. Like, and it's real. Like, in their heart, like, I remember talking to someone one time at a bar in Japan, and they're they like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm here for Tokyo Game Show. I'm a games journalist. And they're like, oh, you cover video games, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Yeah, what do you do? And he told me that he worked for, like, Daihatsu or something, like, designing parts of their interiors on their car or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's telling me that he was working, like, 18-hour days and, like, oh, oh, yeah, and it was brutal. And I was just like, leave. Yeah. I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? He's like, oh, I could never do that. He's like, they gave me a job right out of university. And hired me, a good one. hired me when I had no experience. And he, he was just so grateful to Daihatsu that they had taken the chance on him. Like, it's completely different there. Yeah. And so I could see some guys just sticking around because, you know, Konami was the first people. it's just who, not done. Yeah. yeah. They just don't feel like they finished what they started there. So keeping my fingers crossed that it's not a total train wreck. And the good news is I think they're selling fine. it for like 30 bucks. So it's not like it's a full game. I think it's only just like a client, basically. I don't think it's like some robust game with like cinemas and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so, 30 sounds high, but I think it'll be fine. Yeah. 30 sounds high. I mean, if it's just like a horde mode, what do you Yeah. Mean? I guess when you look at the indies that we're getting now, what we're getting for 20, 15 bucks, although their prices have started to go up now, too. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make this any better. It just means no. they're all so bad. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the next topic. I think we did, we rung TGS dry. Yeah. It's sad that we rang TGS dry in that amount of time, but that's where we're at at this point in the industry. So next we're going to talk about ReCore. Little Birdie told me that you were playing this on some other website. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> 
So you did like a let's play with uh, I was Easy just Allies. There. <laughs> oh, you were just there. You didn't actually play it. Oh no, I I, I was there. Um, <laughs> Brandon invited me over. It wasn't like special guest star. Oh really? Well, I wasn't given the same the treatment I am here. Uh, they were nice, uh, but yeah, we played we played some Recore. I played about an hour of it. Um, what what part of the game were you at when you were playing it? Were you in an early part of the game or the latter part of the game? I'd say about the middle. We had the dog and three colors. Okay. And we fought this like kind of a ram thing. Was the boss at the end of the section? Yeah, I've only played the first three hours of it. Okay. So I have I was not as far along as you are, and I've read all the reviews, and all the reviews say right around where you are is where it turns to crap. Okay. Well, I never saw the part where it wasn't crap. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it was it's pretty rough, man. Like it it looks like it's a 360 game. I don't know um, if I go that far. Like this looks fine. I guess we were playing on an Xbox One. It did not look good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of barren parts of the game. Yeah, this is the section we were in. Okay. Um, this takes forever. The whole place is, like, symmetrical. You don't know where you are. Like, there's a waypoint, but it's it's a waypoint to the specific position, so, like, you don't know which cave you're supposed to go in to get there. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was going to be more of a puzzle thing where you, like, use the cores to power different, like, robots to solve stuff. Well, the whole idea is it's like <clears throat> Ikaruga. Like, certain colors work more effectively... Based on the colors of the enemies. Sort of. I mean, that's more like rock, paper, scissors. Ikaruga was like... Black or white. It was like... Binary. But you were like, you absorb the ones that were your color. This right. is more just like, hey, he's he's white, you need to use yellow. Or whatever. Yeah. It Which wasn't. is kind of Metroid-y. Because this was sure. created by some of the people who worked on Metroid Prime. Yeah, you say that, I don't feel that at all when I played it. Well, look at this right here. Like, I don't know if you had any of these problems, but I had problems where... <laughs> The world just straight up just disappeared. Gone. Just didn't load. Yeah. Game is broken. I like your subtitle. Color-coded crap. Yeah. Because nice. <laughs> it is crap, dude. It is a bad game. I cannot believe this game was released in the state it's in. I mean, that was just one thing. Like, well, that happened. Stuff like that happened all the, all the time. There was glitches all over the place. And the game... Like, again, I didn't get that far into the game. This is pretty much the extent of it. Mm -hmm. The game gets hard oh, after yeah. a that, while. That boss we fought was a son of a Bastard. Bitch. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, for me, it's like, if you're going to make a game hard, you better make sure everything else is dialed in. Right. Like, I don't want to ever, when a game's hard. you bust your ass to beat someone, then you fall yeah, through the floor. Yeah. Like <laughs> I only want to be able to blame myself when I fail, not others. Like. Yeah. I don't. If you're gonna make a challenging game, that thing better be razor sharp, precise. No bugs, no glitches, no hitches, none of that. Like it just better be rock freaking solid. And that is one thing I would say about like the Dark Souls games, oh. or yeah, see that? Yeah. <laughs> and Bloodborne, like you know, you rarely blame the game when you die in that. No, game. it's not the game's you, fault. You may not like the game, like yeah. me. <laughs> But you don't blame the game for it. It's your own lack of skill or lack of we'll preparation. See when you play it. Yeah, I know. And You'll I am, be converted. I am gonna play it too, man. I went and uh, did a quick did quick math on our fantasy league, and I thought, there's man, no way, man, <laughs> you're done. And you were done like three months ago. I know. I never looked though, because I kept seeing games that come out that I knew Matt had drafted, and I feel weird talking about Matt while he's not here. It's really weird, but. Uh, I kept seeing these games Nobody that I knew that I knew he drafted, and I was like, "Oh well, that ended up with like a six, like Pokemon but Go." But it wasn't a zero, right? 
dude, like half of my team, like literally. <laughs> you should have just picked Q1 releases. You would have won. You're right. It doesn't matter what it's called. You're right. Because no one's going to give it a two. You're absolutely right. Like my average, the games that I did pick that have come out, like my average is really high. But literally half yeah, of the games, here. like I cursed every game. <laughs> I feel like literally like I cursed all those games to be delayed. Like you're right though. Now the strategy really is like I would do better off if I picked the worst game that came out this year and at least yeah, got at least like it a came three out, got out a of six. ten. Yeah. Yeah. I seriously thought I had a chance. Like, I was like, oh, well, you know, I had Overwatch and, like, all these other games that scored really well. And then I realized, like, literally five of my games of the ten, like... Three three tens is still 30. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's over. So I am going to have to play Bloodborne. I'll coach you through it if you want. Which... With what you did. I don't know if you guys I, remember the Bloodborne series. It, yeah, I bounced off it when I first played it, and, like, Ryan kept talking about it, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, like, what you're supposed to do is play the game with the wiki out. Yeah. But, like, having him there to coach yeah, me through it, like, Yeah, but who wants to really... play a game with a wiki out? Well, I mean, you can <laughs> play it on your own, but you got to be... I had to cross that threshold of understanding what I was going for, and for that yeah. I needed the guide yeah. to either be paper or a person. But then once I understood it, then I played all the other Dark Souls games and loved it. Well, maybe I'll have a transformation. I'm really dreading it, though. I'll say that much. It's, I'll say this. It's not as hard as you think it is. No, I mean, I didn't even find it that hard. Like, I just found <laughs> it, like, I did find a little bit of it to be janky, in all honesty. Like, what I was talking about earlier with ReCore is, like, yeah. when I die, it needs to be all my fault. And, like, there was that very first boss fight on the bridge, and, like, I was just getting, like, trapped in the corner, and the camera was going, like, crazy, and I'm just like, what is this? You can't see in the corner. Yeah, you really can't. <laughs> so let's get back to ReCore, which okay, is the sorry. topic. So you, I, I see a little bit of Metroid Prime in this game. Like, I, I can see it. I mean, instead of thinking about the colors, think about, like, the upgrades that you get with Samus. Yeah. I, what, what got me is that I thought this was a AAA game, until I played it, and I was like, God, this is a real piece of... And, like, they were like, well, it's, it's like an indie game for, what was it, 40 bucks? Inafune apparently had something to do with the game. That's not necessarily That might be it. the death sentence for video <laughs> games at this point. The way, the way his that's games a, have come a, out. It's a bad last two in your resume. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm shocked that, because, you know, like it or not, whether you think it's an indie game or not... Well, I'm a little bit more forgiving. The fact of the matter is that... This game is, like, an exclusive to Xbox One. It was promoted as such, and granted, now it's also cross-platform with PC, but this game was, like, one of the first games that they showed. Is like, this is an exclusive for us. Yeah. Like, you don't allow games that you market to be one of your marquee games to come out in this state. You just don't. Well, like, when they presented it like that, that's why I assumed it was AAA. I thought we were going to get, like, a new series. Yeah. I was waiting for ReCore 2. Yeah, that's never happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely not happening. So, yeah, I mean, look, like I said, I have not played a ton of it. You saw up to the point where I was at. Brent played a little farther than me, but I would not recommend this game. I mean, I probably wouldn't even... Probably even recommend it for ten dollars. I felt like it was just torture playing. No, it's a, it's a waste of your time for any amount of money. Like that's what's rough. Is like for some games you're like, well, if you're into this, I can see that. Like if you're into these games, you're gonna be really sad. You're gonna yeah. be sadder than we are. Yeah. I mean, oddly enough, the best part of the game to me was the platforming. And some yeah. of this platforming is ridiculous, by the way. Like it is oh, ridiculous. Really hard. Yeah. It's like 
Are you kidding me? Yeah, if you get this, I'll be really surprised. Dude, how many you games, got it. <laughs> first of all, how many games have a bottomless pit in them yeah. at all anymore? Ever. None. Which, I'm not saying that like games shouldn't have bottomless pits. Like I think they're good sometimes to ratchet up tension. Games don't have them anymore because people are weak sauce, and they'll say the game sucks if they die over and over. So, But I don't hate bottomless pits. But, dude, look at this game. Like, <laughs> look at this section of this game. Like... It's uh, just crazy. Oh, they didn't even show you getting impaled or anything. No, of course bad. not. It's, I was hoping it's, for a that's Tomb Raider be, death where you're just like, whoa. That's because it's <laughs> color-coded crap. <laughs> CCC. So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. We would not recommend this to... No, to anybody. To anybody, yeah. Which is a bummer. Like, I, I guess I just haven't... Like, if I think I'm going to play a game, I stop watching media for it. Yeah. And I guess I stopped too soon because this caught me completely blindsided. Like I was just like, "What? This isn't any good." I thought it would at least be passable. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it would at least be like playable. Yeah, at least I like mean, a if, you seven can see what's going on here. Like, look at yeah. that. Who wants to go through that section? Just look down through there. Like, as soon as you see it, you're like, "Nope, <laughs> don't want to do it. You're gonna make me do it. I don't want to do it, but you're gonna make me do it." So yeah, Recore, big time pass. <laughs> this is this is hard to watch. It, it was hard to... I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. All right, let's move on to the next topic. I think we've seen enough of that, Sifters. All right, next we're going to talk about Fallout 4. Let's talk about Bethesda games in general. Skyrim. Okay. So Skyrim is this great action RPG, There, but there have been dozens of great action RPGs since Skyrim came out. Skyrim is still relevant. In fact, I think the daily Steam user base yeah, is... Yeah, one of the top games. Always will be. Still. And Brett, why do you think that is? Uh, I, Other than I just mean, being a great RPG. I mean, is. it's one of those bottomless ones that you can just get lost in, but like... I mean, obviously these mods are breathing, breathing new life into it. That has not been my experience, but I can't argue with the results. You don't... Do you not enjoy mods? I, I've played with some of the mods, but like... I have a problem with it not being the designed experience that it was supposed to be sometimes. Like, if it's just a graphical update, like, great, sign yeah. me up. But that's not really, a, that wouldn't affect how much I play the game. Right. But if it's changing the game, then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, then you're just playing some janky thing, some guide made. Like, that's not as exciting <laughs> to me. I want to play what Bethesda made. Some of the mods, though, have gotten to a point where they're pretty darn good. Yeah, some like, of them are like they're almost straight up, up like to DLC the level things. of yeah. like the stuff that Bethesda puts out on its own. But you're mm -hmm. right. Most of it is garbage. Or they're just like funny things like a new skin for an animal or something or yeah. a new behavior of some creature that you've seen a million times in the game and, it, and now it acts completely differently or does something differently or is more dangerous or less dangerous. But, do you, but you would agree with me, and that is what I'm saying, is that mods are a big part of what have given Skyrim the legs that they have. Whether it oh, is... totally. I mean, my problem was I waded into, like, the kiddie pool area. I didn't go deep enough to get to all the great stuff. I just yeah. played around with some of them, and it didn't grab me, so I, I left. But, I mean, there's a ton of stuff there. Yeah. So Fallout 4 is Bethesda's new big action RPG. Um, to me, I feel like the, the fall-off from Fallout has been extreme compared to pretty yeah. much any other Bethesda action RPG. Like, even New Vegas still has, like, tons of stuff coming out for it still. And people working on it, people are still playing it. I still people see people on Sifted all the time. I just finished New Vegas. It's like, <laughs> dude, that game came out, like, nine years ago. <laughs> I do not see people nine years from now 
saying I just played Fallout 4. Like, I just don't see it. But one thing that I feel like could help its longevity is the mod scene. And so sure. on the PC, the mods have been flowing hot and heavy already. There's hundreds of them. Hundreds and hundreds of mods. And even on Xbox One, you can't go all, like, willy-nilly with the mods. But there are certain parameters that Xbox works under. So that you are still sure. getting, like, modded content on Xbox One. So let's... Go so to... I guess the question is, is the Xbox implementation deep enough that it's even worth having? Yeah, it does some cool stuff. But it's a little more controlled and guarded. Um, sure. So you can't, like, just create, like, a huge penis that, like, hops across, like, the landscape or whatever. But, I mean, could you make your own little... As awesome as that would be. Yeah, everyone (laughs) loves bouncing penises. (laughs) But see, like, these mods are, like, they're funny. They're fun. They're funny. Sometimes they make the game look better. So the story is that Bethesda all along has been saying that this mod program would be coming to the PlayStation 4. And finally, this week... They basically said, it's not happening, and the reason it's not happening is because Sony won't allow it. And Sony fired back and said, you know, we wanted to try to make it work, but basically what Bethesda wants is no checks and balances over it whatsoever. Just let the player create whatever the heck they want for Fallout 4. Well, because Bethesda would have to be the one doing the checks and balances, and they don't want to do it. And apparently Sony doesn't want to do it either. No, I mean, why should they have to do it? It's not their game. Well, because it adds longevity to a product on their platform. I I get it, but if I'm the Sony executive, I'm like, no, that's your game. You police your own stuff. Why would we be doing your stuff? Well, I, I, I don't think that's what the problem was. I think it was that Sony wanted to have final say over all the content. And Bethesda oh, okay. was not willing <clears throat> to give them... That final okay. But that's it was like, nope, the way the best stuff gets made is if you just let these people do it, all the good stuff just gets organically filtered to the top, and all the bad stuff just sinks to the bottom. I mean, that that seems like it's disingenuous, because no one's primary platform for modding is the PS4 or the Xbox. They're making the stuff on the PC, and then the good stuff will get ported to the console. Or I don't know how much porting you have to do at all, but like... All the crap will settle out on the PC. Like, you're not hurting anyone by doing that on the PS4. It just... Lowers the amount of weird mods you're going to get. Well, I mean, it lowers the longevity of the game, ultimately. Because you could get conceivably... And look, there, we don't really care about this stuff, but there are people out there who don't buy a lot of games. Like, they buy yeah. a couple games a year. Especially like, if you played, you know, Skyrim for five years, then <laughs> and you expected to play Fallout 4 for that long, then you're going to be pretty pissed and I think, bought it for the PS4. I think what compounds the problem as well is that the DLC for Fallout 4 has been so bad. Yeah. And... Skyrim's DLC was was good, bordering on great. With Fallout 4, like, the DLC for this game has been a huge disappointment for me. I feel bad for anyone that bought a season pass for that. I really do. I mean, and then the the crazy part was it like, they jacked up the price of it at the last minute. And they're like, oh, no, now we're going to charge you more money for this stuff because we think it's going to be great. It's like, <laughs> so great. Dude, what are you smoking? Like, your DLC's awful. Like... So this, I mean, look, this is, I think Bethesda, part of Bethesda's thinking on this is like, our DLC sucks. <laughs> like, we need to give people more reasons to keep playing this game because, look, Bethesda gets it. Like, it knows. It was one of the first publishers to really understand how you could keep making money off a game long after it was released. 
them and Activision is really good at that. They understand that like a game is a platform now. It's not just a sealed off product. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're not seeing like DLC for Black Ops three right. next year. Yeah. Like and that's kind of where everything's going now. And because this DLC has been so bad for Fallout, this is kind of Bethesda's way to keep people engaged with this game over a longer haul. Well, I mean, you know Elder Scrolls Six is years away. Years away. They gotta do something. Yeah, what are they going to do in that interim? Like, that next three to four year period, like, Skyrim has floated that boat all this time, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, people are still discovering and playing it for the first time to this day, and I think Bethesda counts on that long tail with its games, and I think it's seeing that, hey... Fallout 4 is not really tracking that way. We need to find some other way to keep people interested in it. And I think that's kind of where the rub has come in between them and Sony. I mean, I get that as a position. I don't I don't think it's going to work. I don't think Fallout 4 was a good enough game for that. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed my time with it. I beat it. But, like, I have no desire to go in and explore all the nooks and crannies. Yeah. I went back and played a little bit <clears> of the <throat> DLC and... I couldn't play it enough to re- do a game without. <laughs> <laughs> just can't do it. I couldn't do zero, it. Zero, every category. I really couldn't. Go. I just couldn't force my way through it. I was like, I have, a, it was like I said at the beginning of the show, I had so much other stuff I have to do that I look at my time like every hour counts. And I'm like, yeah. I can't burn three hours wasting my time on this thing. Like, well, and, and yeah, once if I see, everyone like, says it's crap then you don't right. need to and it's like once i see that everyone your unique else position on this exactly it's, it's so like crap. do i need to burn two hours and then another hour actually writing the game eval just to echo what everyone else is saying and that's yeah. where i fell on it i was like this is a waste of time for me it's a waste of time for sifters like are you doing a record eval? They, no i'm not okay yeah good. so yeah exactly good <laughs> yeah i think we i think i stated my opinion on that one already so I don't know. A lot of people, like, I know Jim Sterling, like, flared on Sony over this this week. Um, I feel, I, I'm not in Sony's corner on this. Like, I, I am always, like, for the freedom of the player. And I'm also kind of one of those people who thinks that everything kind of just works itself out. Like, I know Sony's afraid of, like, there being, like, a hot coffee thing or whatever. Yeah. But, like... That stuff gets flagged so quickly. It's like once somebody sees it, it's flagged, and you just nuke it. Like, it doesn't take that much work. The community kind of polices itself. By the time it gets big enough to where someone else outside of the game is going to discover it, you've discovered it, and you can get rid of it. So I guess I have the opposite position on this, because I ran the Game Trailers community for many years, and Sifted's much better about this, but, like, there's just... There's just dicks everywhere. Both, both There's metaf- three in this room. Both metaphorically and like literally. And literally there's it's it's ridiculous. People will people will do anything that they can do. Like if you yeah. give them a space to go into, they will fill it up. They and will. So for if sure. you fill that area like that they can make lewd stuff and then post it on their PlayStation, like that's gonna happen. But what's wrong with that though? Sony doesn't like it. Why? I don't know cuz that's my point. Because they're worried about some stupid. We're, what? Though? They're worried about some stupid senator seeing it and doing something retarded, like with the GTA stuff. Like that happens. Yeah. I'm sorry. A lot of Americans are crazy about sex stuff. But all you have to say is they created it. This was is it on the disc? Because see, that was the problem with Hot mm. Coffee. Was it was actually on the game disc. That was the rub with it. If this is like some, I, mean, I get kid, it. But it was some kid in Poughkeepsie just made this. Like I get it. But it was locked away. It wasn't supposed to be accessed. They hacked their way into it. Right. I mean, we don't need to argue about hot coffee, but, like, uh, 
I mean, it's... No one is going to go play those games for the dicks. So, like, Sony's saying, we want some controls that, like, Wait, doesn't allow... you literally to... or figuratively? Figuratively. No, <laughs> nobody wants the, like, the weird mods that, that, that Sony doesn't want either. So I don't think Bethesda's actually doing anybody any favors. They just... I think they just don't want to manage it themselves. I think that's the ruse. It could be... I don't know. The vibe I'm getting from the statements released by Bethesda and Sony, it really doesn't sound like that was the problem. Like, it really, okay. it just sounds like Sony is just apprehensive about the content. I mean, that might be possible. I mean, wasn't it Rocket League that, like, Sony won't let you play with other Cross people play. on, like, for no particular reason? And that's kind of what I wanted, I'm getting at with this whole like, topic, is that I feel like Sony is starting to do an about-face. And somebody actually mentioned it on Sifted with the PlayStation 4 Pro, and I don't actually agree that the PlayStation 4 Pro is a good ex example of this, but it did make me think of it, is they're like, you know, Sony is starting to burn all the goodwill that it built in the first three years with the PlayStation. And I would argue that like the goodwill it built with the PlayStation 4 in the first place was all poppycock and bullcrap anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's games. All they had to do is sit and watch the reaction to what Microsoft did and then just not do that the next day at its press conference. Like, people, I mean, yeah, that wasn't for the player's yeah, benefit. People that who think that like, them, yeah. Sony's stance was, yeah, they're thinking about me. It's, that's bull crap. Like, you're totally getting the wool pulled over your eyes. So, you know, I, I never looked at Sony as like this knight in shining armor in the first place. I'm like, they watched Microsoft press conference, went on Twitter, and were like, oh, crap. Like, we're not going to do that. Like, it wasn't them being like, we're here to save you from the clutches of the evil Microsoft. No. Like, that wasn't it at all. And, but some people actually did buy into that. And so now they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, now they're changing. And they're making this other console that they want me to buy that, that will make me feel like a plebe for having, like, and it's like, my opinion on that is, like, that's you projecting that onto yourself. Yeah, for sure. That's not anybody else. Like, no one's going to look at you and be like, you have the base PS4? <laughs> no one's going to do that. Nobody. Not me, not you, not Sam, not Sony. Like, that's just you feeling bad because you don't have the hot new stuff. Right. And so your excuse to, to motivate yourself to go buy the hot new stuff is everyone's making fun of me because I have this old thing. Like, that's not it at all. But people have kind of, like, Looked at Sony over the last couple of months, it's like, oh, like it's starting to like be anti-consumer. See, and... I would have said the opposite. I mean, like they're sending the HDR update down to the other models. Like, yeah. I'm not even sure how that works with that HDMI either. model, but whatever. Me either. I don't know how that works. And either. like, I think the whole premise of the PlayStation Four was that it was supposed to be easy to develop for. Right. I want them to be nice to developers. I don't care if they're nice to me. Yeah. I want the good games on there. Yeah, and that's been my and whole this is point through the not whole being thing. It's like yeah. it's all about the games. Like. <laughs> yeah. The hardware doesn't even matter. It's like it's about what you play on the hardware. That's the way it's yeah. always going to be. And uh, so I just found it interesting that, you know, and then this happens. Them, like, stopping the mods from Fallout after Microsoft allowed it. And obviously on PC, it's a big part of the scene. And, I mean, one thing I could understand is that, and Sony has gone on record saying this, like, they, they're not putting out PlayStation 4 Pro to keep people from buying Scorpio. They're trying to fend off people migrating to the pc yeah yeah that's their official word whether that's true or not i don't know i don't yeah, really believe anything they tell us it does make sense though is it you know it's not about scorpio it's about people like jumping ship from playstation 4 to go to pcs because 
building PCs getting cheaper and like there's all these like yeah. guides online. Here's how to build new, your own PS4 yeah. for a hundred dollars or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like that stuff's everywhere. And a digital foundry does stuff like that all the time where they like they did it actually where they built like a PC that was basically a PlayStation 4 Pro and then put it head to head against a 4K <laughs> gaming rig. Like, you know, people are doing that stuff and it, and Sony is saying that it's afraid that people are starting to buy into that and maybe jump away. And so maybe that part of it I could see Maybe. Well, I feel like the the PS4 and the Xbox One were both they launched underpowered. Yeah, like I remember when the 360 came out, I was like, "Holy crap! Look at that!" Like yeah. I knew PC would eventually overtake it, but I feel like like this never even got close. But I mean, that's look, that's the law of diminishing returns that we're just going to deal with until the end of time. Now, like as time goes on, it gets prohibitively more expensive to get that same leap. Because think about sure. it. Sure. I mean, I would rather have paid $600 for a PS Pro three years ago or whatever. And I think that would have lasted. Something that could do PC-type games that... You would have paid more than 600 bucks for it back then, though. Yeah, maybe. And that's just not feasible with a consumer electronics device. Like, people are just yeah. not going to pony up for it. I mean, they learned that with the PlayStation 3. I mean, the real problem bucks. is uh, these NVIDIA cards and the new architectures are leaps and bounds of, of the old stuff, like, in two years when people actually have that stuff and, like, PC developers can count on it, Yeah, all those games are going to require a lot more power unless yeah. I don't think these have the new chips set some. No, I don't, don't know. I mean, maybe the Scorpio will. They might. They, well, they haven't finalized the Scorpio specs yet, but I believe, like, the... I think they're, aren't they both AMDs? They, yeah, they are both AMD, yeah. So, which is odd. figure something out. Yeah. I think they're custom chips, though. Built just for well, the sure, machines. but they're still based on an architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Do you feel like Sony has kind of turned and is now become like anti-consumer, or do you think people are just now seeing Sony as the corporation that it is? I think they might be. I feel like we have two points, and that's a line and not a pattern. Like we don't necessarily know. I mean, let's keep our eyes open. Yeah. But like, I don't. I mean, no one is ever intentionally bad to consumers as a company like it's not in their best interest yeah it doesn't make sense from a business perspective so i i i think if you're if you're assuming that now you're projecting and like even if they are anti-consumer at some point there's going to be a reason for it yeah and i just i don't see what that would be especially in this situation like they want everybody to keep playing their that game on their system it's just they want to have some control over it and bethesda didn't and like there's something going on there i feel like that we don't know probably yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. Some PC gaming conversation for you. So this week, Valve, in its infinite wisdom, as it were, decided to tinker with something yet again that most people didn't really have any issues with. This is what Valve does. No, you sound really negative on this. I was super psyched for this. What do you mean? I think this is great. You think it's a great idea? Well, good. Yes. That means that we'll have differing opinions for no, a great this, conversation. Yeah, this was a great move. Okay, so to set it all up, basically what's been happening is, or at least in Valve's opinion, is that it believes that developers and publishers have been giving out free keys to players or their fans or whatever, and it is inflating their Steam review score. User I think that score. is a euphemism for actually fraud. Okay. I think there are a lot of places you can go to go buy 500 or 1,000 reviews, and you give them the keys, and they go do it. You think? Are there farms? Are there review farms? Yes, absolutely. So wait, you're saying, you said, I think. 
Do no, you, there is. Are there? Are there actually review farms? There are. I wow. remember reading. I remember reading some article about it. Like there's Steam reviews and Apple reviews and stuff. Like you can buy all of those. I wish Apple would do this. Wow, I was not aware that there were like review farms. Oh, yeah. Any, like click farms. That's what I'm telling you, man. People are the worst. Anytime you can game something, they will. But is it is it worth it though? I mean, what are we losing? I mean, theoretically, this well, is hurting all games the same amounts. So if they're rated in relation to each we, we other, we still have to set up what's going on. Okay, we, yeah, we, so, we jump straight ahead. to the conversation. <laughs> so what's what's been happening, or at least in Valve's estimation, is that these publishers or developers are giving away keys with the idea that if I give you a key, you go and leave an extremely positive review for this game on Steam. Um, from the perspective of the developers, they're saying what you're really doing is taking the reviews away from our very biggest fans. Well, for a um, which for a would tend game, to be your more positive. Well, for a Kickstarter reviews. game, I get it. They actually paid money for that game. I don't know how you prove that to Steam, but if there's some way to make an allowance there where it's specifically Kickstarter, like I can see how they let that through. But I it's mean, just a key. So how Valve is doing is is if you use a key. To get a game, your review doesn't count. Yeah. The only way it counts is if you pay Valve the money, and then you've you've paid for your right to review the game. I don't, you don't see anything wrong with that? No, not at all. Really? No. I don't. I mean, what's your problem with it? What I mean, what about if just somebody didn't buy a game on Steam and got it somewhere else and played it and wants to review it on Steam? They can review it. It's just their score doesn't count towards right. the right. But that's why is that okay? I am willing to cut out some of the good stuff to make sure the bad stuff goes away. I'm, I'm okay. willing to Jack Bauer this to make sure that <laughs> the Steam reviews are more accurate. Like, this is the only way to make sure, I mean, make sure, this is the only way to get past this big problem of fraud. I mean, like, go through the Steam review ratings. Like, they mean nothing. Well, it's like Amazon. Like, I cannot find a review on Amazon anymore that does not say... I was given this product for free in right. exchange for my impartial review. At least review. they said it. Yeah. Well, and, and they also said that a lot of people use Steam reviews to do, I mean, basically troubleshooting. They're like, my game, this game doesn't run. It sucks. One star. And it's like, yeah. there are definitely other things they could do about addressing those issues somewhere other than a review. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is a step in the right direction. Like, I think the only counting new uh, ratings reviews they did, that was a couple months ago, I guess. Yeah. I think that was a step in the right direction. I think this is. And I think the next step is making sure that all the stuff that's like jokes and like technical problems. I mean, unless it's you know them. I mean, a technical it. problem is something that is right, a part but it of shouldn't the be right, but it shouldn't be like Q and A forum. Right. Which sometimes it is. I, yeah. I'm not sure how big a problem that really is, but I do see it. So I think that's the next step after this. I'm glad they're working on it. I don't know, if, if I got the game for free and I wrote a review and, like, it can still appear there if people find it helpful or whatever, it's just not going to be part of the score. I just, I, I don't know, I don't care. But from the perspective of the developers, think about if you're an indie guy whom you don't get, like, some of these games don't get a ton of reviews in the first place. Yeah. I mean, so imagine if you've, like, cultivated this community around your game. You, you went the extra mile and hired a community manager as an indie developer... Do well, not like, cultivate this just... community. And, I mean, just think about a sifted. Imagine... I mean, then, then they should have done early access. If they pay for it on Steam, it counts. Do it early access for $1 or $0.01. Cent. Who cares? You, there are ways around this to take care of your people. Can you make it worth only a penny? I mean, a dollar. 
Yeah. Something. You can set it pretty low. I mean, like, I've done Steam. I've bought games for a quarter. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. But in bundles, typically. Yeah. I'm not... You can set it low. You can set it low enough that, like, your fans will feel like they're being taken care of and say, this is the early access price, and then when it goes live, it'll jump up to 20 or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be free. So they'll count reviews if you pay a dollar for a game. I'll see why not. That's what they said. Yeah. That is a good workaround. Still, though. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have that community. You're going to have that community, though, that you want to give stuff to for free. Like a dollar. Like, you still have to use your credit card. Some people don't like using credit cards online. Like, Okay, another way around this is I think you can generate discount codes. Might be able to generate like a... A code 99% discount code? Right, like, right. I don't know. There, there's got to be some way around that. So wh- why do you think all the indie developers were so pissed off then? Because you think, cause I they think don't have the money them... to game. Like, most of these indie developers don't have a budget to, like, go to a review farm and pay somebody to, like, go some and review these, the game. I mean, I don't think it's that expensive. Really? No, I think you could spend a couple grand and get a ton. Really? Yeah. Writing reviews sucks if you're not, like, a good writer, though. Like, It's probably bots and shit. Like, I don't, they're not... Working. Oh, you're right. Or bots. Or slaves in some other country. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No one wants to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's what click farms are, typically. Yeah. It's third world countries where they just pile a bunch of rigs in a room and just have people just, just do it. click, 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 click. But uh, I thought it was worth discussing because obviously everyone else is discussing it right now. And, yeah. And uh, the developers, a lot of the developers, not even just indie developers, a lot of developers are like, yo, what the hell? Like, well, I, mean, I still think you hit it right with the indie developers you're saying this. They don't actually get that many reviews in the first place. Yeah. I think there's probably thresholds of amount of reviews to get counted and featured and stuff like that, and they're yeah. worried about dropping below that. And Dow's going to have to deal with that. I mean, I don't... I think they can. I think the fact that they're doing this proves that they are willing to work on this system. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not perfect yet, but I still feel like it's a step in the right direction. But and not telling anyone before you did it, maybe that was a little bit of a misstep. Like, or not explaining it. Really. How do you make sure only your fans that you want get the deal? You hand out the code. I've never seen like a code for a discount code on. Steam, I don't know. I'm getting discount codes like in my inventory and stuff. I've never seen one. Like either I have a code that gives me the game. Right, right, right. Or that's it. I don't know. And if you or, can't do that... I, I think you just early access for cheap. But then everyone buys your game for a dollar. And you make no money. But, like, no one's going to even see your game. Like, the people that would see your game for a dollar are the people that care that you're trying to take care of. Like, it's not like people go trolling for unfinished games to buy for a dollar. Yeah. I don't know. I am. I, I am confident. Simple. I'm confident that that problem will be taken care of either by Valve or creative means of the developers, and I just hope it results in less less fraud. I hope that whatever those no, indie look, guys that find part I agree with. It. Like yeah. I hope whatever they ultimately settle on, I hope it it results in legitimate reviews. But I think your I mean, fans reviewing a game is a legitimate review. But you could also say that it's it's not quite fair because like you put value as an eval score thing, like. Their value's a 10. They got it for free. Yeah. It's not the same review as everyone else is getting. It's clearly inflated. I mean, like, that's not why they did that, but I do think there are reasons that that's not quite cool. Yeah. What say you, Sifters? Leave it in the comments. I would agree. If there is a way to issue download code or uh, 
promo codes to people yeah. that would give, let you buy the game for a dollar when other people would have to pay a higher amount for it, I think that would be a perfect solution. I think that's great. Although I still think some people would be like, wait a minute, you know, I've been moderating your forums for the last two years. Like, I don't even want to pay a dollar or put my credit card in this place. But I mean, how big a fan are you if you don't want to pay a dollar? Yeah. Well, if you've been working your ass off, like, for free for them. Didn't send them a check for a dollar. Like, I don't know, man. (laughs) I think the point is you don't want some review farm putting out a thousand reviews. If each of those reviews costs a dollar, they're just not going to do it. Yeah. That's not worth it anymore. Yeah. That's a good point. It's an interesting topic, though. Steam in general is an interesting topic. Like, Well, Steam's funny because, like, I really like the service... But the, the client itself is just the worst ever. It's kind of like League of Legends. Yeah. Like, I like League of Legends, but Jesus, get me get me in a game. Get me out of this this launcher thing. Like, Steam has a it's, lot of issues like that. Yeah, I mean, League of Legends is really weird. Like, the weirdest part is how the players of League of Legends have set up, like, their own, like, unwritten rules. <laughs> it's like... Whoever gets into the lobby first and calls the lane gets the lane. And then if somebody like <laughs> comes in later first. and calls the lane, they're like, you know, people will report him if he goes to play the lane he's not supposed <laughs> to be playing. Like, why wouldn't they just create a UI where when you join, you just pick your lane? <laughs> I know. It is yours. Instead of this archaic thing where people are like yelling at each other. Shane so Ryan doesn't have the money for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Valve doesn't hilarious. have the money exactly. to make a good user interface. Yeah, I know. It's Come insane, on. dude. So. I don't know. They're working on it, so I have a hard time insulting them too bad. And yeah. they have a history of overdoing something and then correcting back to something doable. That is what they always do. I don't know. The whole, the whole pain for mods thing, like, did they ever come back on that? Or is that just gone forever? Ooh, I don't know what the last word was on that, actually. I think it's gone. I don't think anybody's paying I don't think it's come back right yet, but... And they haven't really issued a statement about it, either. I mean, that was a disaster, though. I mean, that was, again, a thing where it's like... <laughs> what were know, you thinking? Who cares? Pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. See, I'm on the other side. Like, let people charge money for their content. I don't see what's wrong with that. I think the split was crazy, but that was... I think it was Bethesda's fault. Right. Yeah, it was. I mean, but even Bethesda, I kind of get it. It's like, why are we not getting any of this money you're making off our game? Yeah, but... I don't know. The fact that you can make any money off your previously free thing, like... (laughs) Take it. Yeah, but you think about the work that goes into it, and you're making pennies, and... But they were getting zero. Right, but... I think a lot of those people would make would make the mods and would make better mods if they knew they were getting paid for it. I think ultimately Maybe. it would improve the quality of the content available if they knew they were making money worth making the content for. Because I think that's ultimately what the problem was, is they're like, if this is a cut, it's, it's not worth it. And sure, there are some people who would just do it for free anyway, just for fun, because they like it. But sure, I mean, I guess my point is it doesn't actually hurt any of the content creators, because if they don't want to do that, just don't do it. Right. But if you do want to do it, great. Yeah. Have some free money that you weren't going to get otherwise. I think the cut was screwy, though. It's like, because... Getting 30% is a little bit weird, but I sort of get that when you're building on top of someone else's game. Like, it's... Yeah. But that it's company's a, it's a already made its money and then some from that game. And to, I would say from the perspective of the publisher, they should be happy to be making whatever money they could make off the work of their fans. If Bethesda was smart, they would have said their cut is like 10%. Right. And then exactly. well, Steam's was 30 or something, yeah. and they would, have been, they would have gotten 60 and 40. Like, no one would have thrown yep. the fit they did. Yep. But like 30% off what you... That's, that's it's insane. Yeah. So, 
I like, though, that we're at this place with games where the lines are becoming blurred between the player and the producer, though. Like, it's this weird, like, nebulous area that we're in now, and it's starting to come into consoles as well. It's not just, like, a part of the PC where the fans, the players, are becoming the creatives that are extending the life of these games yeah. beyond what the publisher can do, or beyond what the publisher wants to do or is willing to do. Um, and inevitably, when things change like this, you're going to have these juxtapositions between... The people who have been making money the old way and the people who have just been playing games and that meeting in the middle sometimes can get messy. But uh, I think eventually they're going to get all this stuff sorted out and we're all going to be better off for it. I think the publishers sure. will be better off for it. They'll make money for doing nothing. We'll be better for it because our, our gameplay will be extended per game. Yeah. Um, and the players will be better for it as well because they're going to learn how to make games while making some scratch doing it. So That's just why I was bummed it never came back. Yeah. I think it will someday, though. I think eventually they'll get it sorted out. But it's like the other problem, too, is that like every publisher is different, and one publisher is going to want one cut, and another publisher is going to want another cut. Like, That's going to get confusing. There needs to be just a universal standard. Mods, like, this. look, yeah. this is the program. If you like it, great. Come on in. If you don't, sorry. Yeah. Too bad. I mean, I see why they did that to appease the publishers, but <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move on to our next topic. We're going to talk about Forza Horizon 3. I've been playing this game for the last couple of days, the final retail version. Uh, I've actually hooked my Xbox One back up. Woo! Yep. Sent what's, the, what's the verdict? Sent the DirecTV right through it again. <laughs> my wife is very happy that she can walk in the apartment and say, Xbox on, and everything just turns on. And she can just say, Xbox, turn off, and everything just shuts down. She hated that it wasn't hooked up for the last several months. Um, it took about an hour to update my Xbox One because it hadn't been turned on in so long. <laughs> but I figured with Q4 coming, like, and again, I got I got Forza. I was like, it's time to hook it back up and get playing again. UI haven't had it on for months. UI still sluggish as crap, man. Like I, I had that happen. Someone, a friend of mine, gave me a code for uh, the Halo collection. Yeah. So I booted it up and uh, then I had to do all the OS updates. And so like two hours later, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put in that code and then like just download it for. Yeah. I didn't play that game for three days. <laughs> it uh, it downloaded really fast, especially compared to my last couple downloads that I've had on uh, PSN. It was way faster. Um, it yeah, I feel like Microsoft has gotten better, and PSN is just getting worse and worse. First of all, here's something that's crazy. Forza Horizon 3 is 46 gigs. Dude, it's a racing game. A 46 gigabyte racing game. It's all that terrain, I guess. That's crazy, dude. Uh, that is just, I can't even comprehend that, man. Like, there's no, like, all the stuff that holds all the space generally is, like, cinemas, like, uncompressed, like, video. Like, there's really hardly any of that in this game. Like, there's little snippets here and there. You'll see in the footage that we're showing right they gotta here. they got to be doing something with all that terrain and stuff. And, like, I can't show Maybe you guys anything textures. beyond the first, like, hour of the game. So don't get too excited. I'm not going to show you a bunch of stuff you've never seen before. Uh, the NDA says that I can only show you the first hour as far as footage is concerned. But I can talk about uh, my impressions of the game to a certain extent. So are you a fan of Forza Horizon? Yeah, I played, um, I played the first one and liked it a lot. I skipped two... I'm actually really excited for this. I thought this looks good. It's Am good. I? It's good. Oh. <laughs> it's good, yeah. I was worried. I am really enjoying this game. And I have not really resonated with a racing game in quite a while. Like, And I mean, like, resonate, where you're like, 
concerned about your times and you're like <laughs> like it really really sucks you in and i mean one good thing about it is like you know nobody else has this and this is really weird i don't know how they're doing this but nobody else has this game yet obviously on my friends list right a couple do that are just journalists or whatever but like i'm already racing against drive avatars from them they like, must have just auto-generated them somehow. Like, I don't know how they did it, but, like, like Bloodworth's on there. But I know he's probably playing the game anyway, so right. I know his drive is legit. But there's, like, 20 other people who are just consumers who are friends of mine that don't work in the games industry, and they're, I'm racing their drive already. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's just made it. They faked it. I guess. Just pulled your friends list. But it know. works. Like, I yeah. see their name up ahead of me, and I'm like, oh, I'm coming to get your ass. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> great. It's, it's hard to explain how something so little has such a big impact on your motivation to play something. But, like, I know Bloodworth is legit because I know yeah. he's over on Easy Allies and he's playing it just like I am. So, well, I mean, I, even if it's not real, I mean, like, I always thought this was a huge thing for XCOM where, like, I named all my soldiers, like, my friends and, like, like die. I'm like, no! Oh, no! Shane's dead! Shane, right in the head. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, it's stupid because you know it's all made up, but it works. Yeah. Like, if you think all these people are your friends, like, that's going to help. Yeah. Love it. So the premise of this game, I don't know if you know what it is, but the premise of this game is that you are the head of this big music and racing festival. <laughs> I, I still cannot quite understand why it is that racing games always need to be set in a festival. Like, I don't know if you remember Motorstorm. Yeah, yeah. That game was set at, like, a music festival, and so is this one. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's going to get a 10 in the story score, no, is what course, you're saying? No, of course, yeah. <laughs> actually, but look, there is a story in this, which yeah. most racing games there isn't. So, compared to other racing games, it probably will get a fairly decent story score. But, so the whole premise is you are the head of this big music festival, and you're also quite the racer. So you, <laughs> the idea is that you go out and you race to increase fans, which then gives you more funds and resources to expand your music festival. And so but you're not, like, unlocking new races through that? Or? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, new races unlock. It's like an open-world map, um, and it, it guides you. So, like, you finish a race... It'll pop up a bunch of, like, little spots on the map that you can go to, and you can set, like, your uh, waypoint so it'll tell you how to get there. Or you can just say, screw it, and just drive. And that's one that's thing. Cool. Yeah, I was really surprised and impressed with this game. Like, it'll give you the waypoint, and you can stick to the road, or you can just say, screw it, and just drive straight at <laughs> that waypoint through, like, cornfields and mountains and whatever else. And it's a little strange because sometimes you're in a supercar and you're, like, driving on the beach or you're, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little weird in that regard. But the, what the game does is it really motivates you to keep playing. That's like, cool. I could not stop playing this game because the races are really short. Like, even, like, races that are, like, quote, unquote, three laps around, like, a circuit of, of, the, of the roads or whatever, they're over, like, really fast. Like, you never feel like you're, like... In one of those races where if you mess up once, it's over, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and that's kind of been the way the Horizon games have been. Yeah. Um, you can rewind, it looks like. You can. You yeah. can rewind um, to an extent. You can't, like, rewind the whole race, obviously. You're like, oh, remember a minute ago when I did that? Yeah, I yeah. That. Well, I mean, I don't know. Depending on how obsessed you get with driving games, you could find yourself sort of in that place. But the other thing I like about it is that depending on what kind of player you are, you can cater this game to yourself. So, cool. 
So by default, it is arcadey. And the controls, I would say, on the default setting are a little floaty. Like, there's a little bit of oversteer, so a lot of times if you steer too hard in one direction, you'll start, okay, I'm going too far left, and then you'll oversteer to the right, and you start getting, like, the, the fishtail the, the fish from yeah. side to side. Like, I found that happening to me a lot, especially in the early going. Um, but you can basically set it up however you want. You can turn off the driving assist. You can turn off the driving line. I actually recommend turning off the driving line because the driving line is insane. Like, it doesn't... You know how it works. It's like if it's blue, you can floor it. If it's yellow, you need to brake. If it's red, you need to slam on the brakes. Well, like, I don't know if, like, the line just doesn't keep up well enough with the action, but, like, <laughs> driving by the line is not a good idea. Okay. Like, it just doesn't really work. So I recommend turning that off. But that's the thing about this game. You can turn everything on and off. So you can completely turn off the driving assist, which makes it handle, like... Forza Motorsport instead of Forza Horizon. Okay. Um, there's all kinds of tuning options in the game. Um, like as far as just like cosmetics, like if you want to put like crazy wings and flares and. Are you continually upgrading cars, or you can say like, no, this is my favorite. I'm going to upgrade this car as opposed to getting new cars. You can do whatever you want. Like you can upgrade any car anytime you want. But at certain points, they give you a choice to choose between like a bank of cars, and usually the banks of cars are. In the same class, like I guess what like, I'm asking here's is, like a midsize. Here's all the midsize SUVs. Pick one. Okay, but it's not like tier three SUVs. And no, it's, like, it's oh, not I've like the tier two SUVs. No, it's okay. not like uh, like Gran Turismo license tests or anything like yeah, that. Okay. Like they'll just give you like a class of cars and say pick which one you want from this and you customize it. Um, people can create paint jobs, upload them, and you can sort through them and choose what paint jobs you want. Or obviously, you can do your own if you want. Um, you can do what I like about it is that you can turn it into whatever kind of racing game you want. There's a ton of different events. There's events that are just like stunts. They're called PR stunts, and that's what you're seeing here. And this is like a section of the game that everyone's seen like a thousand times. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the first hour or the actually the first mission in the game. But this is a PR stunt where you do the big like where the helicopter comes in, drops a jeep, and you like jump over it. Like <laughs> that's the first example of it. But there's tons of them like all throughout the game. Uh, there's sections of the road where there's just marked as, like, dangerous that you can go into. And obviously you can wreck your car really bad, but you can get crazy stunt points. Um, I like the way the point scoring works in the game. You're rewarded for pretty much everything you do. And the better you get at drifting and the better control you gain over your vehicles, the more points you can roll up because you get better at just, like, swerving through traffic or having, like, near misses. Like, there's a little bit of that kind of burnout vibe in, vibe in there. Cool. Um, the drive avatars are great, like I mentioned before. Uh, one thing I would say is, like, initiating races in the open world is a little bit annoying. Like, if they get, like, right behind the car and hit X, like, you can't just, like, come up beside them and, like, hit X. It's, like, kind of touchy when you yeah. go to initiate races, which is a little weird. Um, and really, my only big critique of this game, it, it all takes place in Australia. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful terrain. But it is all kind of the same. Like, it's all what you're seeing. You're either in the jungle... Or, or, on the beach. or yeah. you're on the beach. Yeah, so there's not a lot of, like, you know, there's, I haven't seen yet any, like, urban areas where there's, like, skyscrapers and, like, city environments. I haven't seen any of it. It's all, like, either you're in the woods slash jungle or you're driving along on the sand. So, but it's gorgeous. This game, even on my now wimpy 1080p <laughs> plasma television, all this 4K stuff has me having a panel envy at this point. But even on my 1080p TV with no HDR, it looks absolutely amazing. Do you have an Xbox S? Or are you playing on the? I don't. I have okay. the the OG Xbox One. So, 
I'm having a blast with this game, man. Great. I'm really having fun. I really have not enjoyed a racing game this much in a really long time. I'm probably not even supposed to be sharing my opinion right now, but... Since I don't it, think they're going to argue right, with that opinion. Since it's positive, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, they'll be quite okay with it. So, um, I think it comes out on the 27th. I also love the music in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they have it set up so there's, like, stations, and they're, like, themed. There's, like, a, a bass station, which is mostly, like, drum and bass and, like, dubstep. And then there's, like, an indie station, but more, like, electronic indie then there's like a guitar indie, then there's like hip hop, and then there's like heavy metal, like hard rock. But you can also use like all the music services that Xbox One works with. So that's there's that cool. like, there's that new like a groove music or whatever that they just launched last week. Yeah. That's already integrated in there. Um, and so you can just stream you music. Like Pandora or something? Yeah, I think Pandora's in there. I can't remember. There's like four different services. I can't remember what all four of them were. Um, but you can also use your own music, which they just added to Xbox One as well for your own soundtrack. But the so sounds... you thought their licensed music was good? Yes. Their yeah. licensed music is great. And I'm pretty picky with music, and I was really, really happy with what I've heard so far. I haven't heard it all. Like, I haven't got to the great. point yet where I'm like, I'm so sick of hearing Yeah, I hate when there's song. like eight songs. <laughs> like the old Tony Hawk games. Yeah. Like, as good as those soundtracks were, I can only hear you about I'll wash y'all ass like so many times <laughs> before you get sick of it. So... Uh, what else? Oh, there's co-op. Like you can you can build your own races in this game, build your own events, and then share them. Um, and then people can vote on them, and they bubble up to the top. So you have a chance of like going viral with like races that you created. Um, you can bring four of your friends in to race races that you created with yourself. It is full featured, um, varied. Like I'm enjoying it way more than Forza Motorsport. And like awesome. I'm not a big sim racer guy. Like I appreciate them, and I do kind of stray a little bit more towards like the arcade style gameplay. Um, but like I said, you can tailor this game to make it however you want it. Like you can make it a sim if you really want to. I don't recommend it. Like I turned everything off, and it was like a disaster. But I guess I was a little scared because uh, I guess the last racing game I played was Drive Club. Yeah, I which just... is a rigid sim, pretty much. Yeah, and I just but it didn't feel right. Like I played. I was way into Gran Turismo. Like, I like that kind of thing, and just Drive yeah. Club didn't feel right. Yeah. So if you're, if you're going to be rigid about it, I don't want to feel it. I like that I have the option here to say, like, no, just, just arcade me, man. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been enjoying the crap out of this game. Like, I, it's really hard to find any weakness. And, I mean, I've been playing it for two days. Like, there's no end in sight. Like, I really... Well, and, like, this is, this is like, solid 30 frames. I haven't seen any. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no dips. Great. There's no dips at all. And, uh, you know, this game... Also, the second cross-play game, Play Anywhere, is what Xbox calls it, obviously. So when you buy this game on Xbox One, you get you it on play PC. You it on PC? Yep. Oh, you just sold me a copy of this. Yeah. It's, uh, those and they told us, they're like, here's your code for Xbox One. They're like, starting next week, you'll be able to play the PC version. Do you, do you buy either version and the other one comes with it, or do you need to buy the Xbox One? Because like Quantum Break mm, did this too, but they were I weird about which one I had to buy. Buy the Xbox One version, I think. Okay. Yeah. Which I not almost, a big deal for us. I but. almost screwed myself out of a free copy of Quantum Break, which I needed because it wasn't working on the PC. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think you do have to buy the Xbox One version. At least that's what they said in the instruction they sent us with the review code. Okay. So. It's old. I'm loving it. Um, we'll probably talk about it again on the show whenever it comes out and my game eval is done. I'm also glad that I'm getting in on this early because here comes a game rush and like thankfully Microsoft got his code for this like really early. So yeah. uh, I got like three weeks. I think the embargo is up like the week before it comes out or something like that. So 
Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And like, this is this one game where I'm not having to like rush through it. I can actually like it's enjoy nice. my time with it. It is nice. So Very it sounds nice. like all you're complaining before was for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this guy get off? Come yep. on. Yep. So, Forza Horizon 3. I like E. Let's awesome. move on to the last topic, which should be a fun one. So, we have Brent here, finally, who's been living in uh, North Carolina the last couple years. And uh, as I mentioned before in the show, Brent and I worked at GT together for six years. I don't know. When, I was when there about a buy? year and a half later than you. You left. Because you came was, after we got bought out. Yeah. I was the first hire after. GT was bought by MTV. That was an interesting day. Yeah, I'm sure it I was. I think that was when me and Jeff were yelling at each other in your first day. Do you remember yeah, that? I do remember that. Yeah. Jeff's now my boss, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. Again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I worked with you for like six years. You left before I did. You left GT about a year and a half before I did. I stuck mm-hmm. around a little longer. Um, and what are you doing Rode now, that Brent? ship down. Yeah. Uh, I, I work with one of the founders of uh, Game Trailers. We do a music licensing site, so all the, all the music you hear in commercials and stuff like that, we, we do business services for those companies. So uh, a lot of it now is based on watermarking that, and then we track. I built this system to track all of, all of TV, and we mark where those songs appear, and then you get a list of where your music appeared on TV with little video clips and stuff. A side note, Brent is pretty much a genius, so... <laughs> I know he would never admit that, but he pretty much is, and which is exactly why I went to Brent to build Sifted, because I knew it was like this idea that was different, and if I were to just go to some web development place, it would probably be more hassle than it was worth to get the idea out, because I felt like also whoever built Sifted needed to understand games, Yeah. because if not... I would burn so much time just explaining things like what each genre was and <laughs> arguing with some web guy that didn't know games about like why something was relevant or why it wasn't. And like we I still just... argued about those things. Well, yeah, <laughs> but at least you understood where I was coming from. Yeah. Like so, you had a base of knowledge to work from. Whereas if I had just hired some web place to like build it, it probably would have been a disaster. In all honesty, so you were like the perfect fit. Um, it worked. I think it came out pretty good. Yeah, I think it came out really good. In fact, a couple days late, but it yeah. is it is good. <laughs> it is an go awesome now. site. Uh, <laughs> there is no doubt about it. In fact, what would you say you're most proud of with Sifted from a developmental perspective? <sighs> Shit, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, uh, this is not going to help any of the users, but it's actually really easy to develop for. I'm very proud of the framework it's built on. Like, yeah. if I ever get hit by a bus, like, and you hand this to someone else, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope well, so. I mean, when we had GT, so I built the first version of GT that I built in between classes while drunk in college. So, like, <laughs> some of that code was still there in 2010 when I left. Wow. So, like, every now and then, one of the people that worked for me would come and be like, what well, is why, this? Did, why is this like this? And I'm like, well, <laughs> let's just say I didn't know, like, 80% of programming at the time. Let's just say that was the problem. Yeah. So, that like, was the night n- I went to my first rave. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to have, like... Uh, Maybe peaked is the wrong word, but I have a very strong command of programming now, so it's nice to yeah. build this in a way that makes a lot of sense. And so, like, it's like we're building the store now. It is very easy to work on. I'm, I'm happy yeah. about all of that. I mean, really, the things that I'm proud of with Sifted are stuff that I did. I really like using Sifted. Yeah. Like, I've worked on plenty of stuff that I'm just like, oh, man, this is terrible. But, yeah. like, I'm, I'm still there every day. Yeah, like, it's awesome. Not to work on it, to 
read that news and stuff, and I really like how all that works. I can say, you know, from my perspective, it's come out way better than I ever even really thought, which also kind of scares me because what I thought <laughs> What'd was... What you think you're going to get? Well, it had nothing to do with you, yeah, but like yeah. what ultimately us putting our minds together, we ended up creating something far better than I had originally envisioned. And the messed up part is if we'd only delivered what I originally thought, it would have been terrible. Like not even terrible, but it would have failed immediately. Yeah. Like immediately. Like it wouldn't even have lasted like a month. Like literally the first week I'd have been like, nobody cares. Like seriously. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, and so that has kind of been the, the thing to me to look back on it and be like, holy cow, like this has turned into far more than my first, and it, like, I started scribbling down ideas, and look, I had an idea, the idea for Sifted before I even left GT, like it was something that I kind of had bouncing around in my head, because I could see, like, at least when I left GT, like all the websites were still kicking, dude. Like, it oh was, yeah, they were still all around. Everything was, everyone was still around, like, and, and it GT was, was still... Kicking more or less. I mean, yeah, it had been on a dangling curve for a while. But. Yeah, and like YouTube was starting to kick in. Like the YouTubers were starting to become big, and so I could start to see that like wrangling all this stuff was starting to become a problem. Like me keeping track of like everything that was going on was starting to become a problem, and uh, it has changed a little bit. Like there aren't as many sites now, but that's all been picked up by the publishers, which is odd. <laughs> yeah, and the YouTubers. And so finding some way to wrangle all that stuff, like, it's just become far better than what I had initially envisioned. And if the site only ever became what I initially envisioned, it would have failed miserably. So what's one feature, though, that you're most proud of? Other than the structure and the fact that it's easy to stack upon and create new, new features. Um, I really... I'm very proud of the way I set up the... There, there's a whole caching layer underneath it. So when you click on an article and then you click back, you were there immediately. Yeah. You were right where you were. You're not reloading any pages. In the blog scroll, yeah. Yeah, and like... That wasn't that way at first. Because really nice. when no. we launched, it wasn't that way. <laughs> no, and it, it was, was just, when we launched. I thought it wasn't. I thought that was actually something that the users recommended was that we... Because they would click back and it would take them to the top of the sift instead of to the exact point where they were when they jumped out to go view the piece of content. Maybe. That was like two years ago. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what happened last week. <laughs> I haven't slept for two years, so I'm not quite sure. But uh, I think that worked really well. Yeah. So, I like it. The forums. I, I, I still have some things I want to fix about the forums. Yeah, there's really a couple like things to fix. Yeah. But like, the pagination and how you created the pagination for that. Like, that was all your idea. Like, I've never... Well, I didn't invent that, but... I've yeah. never seen it before. Like the way the pagination it's, it's works around, on a forum, I, really? I I didn't know how to build it. I had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. What about like just the whole sifting mechanic? What was that like? Just the core idea of the site? Uh, actually, that's so specialized that we had to use a specific database engine for it. Yeah, we could not have done that. At, well, there's another one we could have done it on, but we weren't going to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy with how all that went. Yeah, I mean, the speed, because what you don't realize is, by the way, I like, just... Yeah, really complicated queries typically take a lot longer. Like, it could very easily, like, if this was on the same database that GT was, it'd take three seconds to load your sift. Yeah, and what I just noticed the other day is that we're, like, a few hundred pieces of content away from 30,000 pieces of content nice. in sifted right now. So think about that. Think about that. It's <laughs> a lot. And every time, like, you could scroll forever. Like, conceivably, 
You could go to Sifted right now and start scrolling down the homepage and get all the way down to the first piece. I don't know what your Is that browser's... Right? I mean, theoretically, I don't know what your browser's going to do if you do that. Somebody do it <laughs> and record it. I'd love yeah. to see it. Yeah, take the two days it's going to take. <laughs> but think there. about that. It's, it's sifting all that, though. So it's like when you click... It is, it is intelligently pulling out stuff, Well, it's like when yeah. you click all time and create that sift... You could conceivably scroll all the way until you get to that first piece of content we ever curated. Spoiler alert, all time is not actually all time. Uh-oh. Because that wouldn't work like that. It is, a, it is a year. It's only a year. It is all time for us, oh. <laughs> but it won't be. <laughs> there, there are limits to it. Oh, okay. But you can do, if you do the regular sift, it'll just go by day and you can go back. And you could go back all the way. Yeah. It's insane. Like, just think about all that data. Because what you don't realize is, like, Every little square that you see on the site, there's so much data associated with each one of those. It's like, it's rated, it's tagged, there's images. It's got sources. It's, got all it's resizing. Yeah. There's, there's hyperlinks, several hyperlinks inside each one. Like, it's just insane. And you multiply that by 30,000, and two years from now when it's at 60,000 or whatever, like, what I've really enjoyed is as the site has gotten older, it has become this awesome resource to like research games and find old stuff about games like i know people you guys probably don't use it like in looking at our data most people don't use it like i'm really discouraged at how little people use the site it's like people a lot of most people just come to the home page look at it and they're off but it's nice that it's there when you need it like i typically don't use that but uh (laughs) I, use I was it like, all "What the all time. is coming?" I mean, today I was preparing for this. I was like, "What's what's all what all have we seen for Resident Evil Seven? Yeah, it was, it was nice to go back and see all that. No, I mean, you start looking at games like Destiny, which is probably the game on the site that I'm guessing has the most content for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's life cycle lined up rather well with the site launch and stuff. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like, if you use the channel nav on the page for Destiny and just start clicking on all the different content types, like the stuff that you can pull up for that game. It's like it's like the ultimate resource for video games. Like if you're doing any research, and man, I wish it had launched twenty years ago. So yeah, it just we'll, we'll has all that data in there from all from all time. Like it would just be incredible. But uh, I'm just it just it's almost there's those moments. And a lot of times when I'm preparing for game faces when I really see the power of the site. Like, I just... It's crazy what we've created. And it sucks. I feel like people... I'm so proud of it. Like, I... And I feel like people don't even, like, know how powerful and how awesome it is. Like, especially people who just come to the site and look at it, eh, leave. Like, I'm just like, no! No! <laughs> You're totally missing it. Like, a lot of people on YouTube leave comments. They're like, oh, I tried sifted. Stayed for five minutes and left. It's like, <laughs> then you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. you didn't even scratch the surface of what the site is. So, you know, I just want to say publicly in front of all the sifters, thank you so much for the amazing job that you hey, did. you're welcome. Thank you for having a good yeah. idea. I mean, it is, it's, it's become far more and better than I had ever hoped. So, now that we've talked about all the good stuff, <laughs> talk about one regret or one thing that you'd like to change about the site. Um... I probably would not have built the forums myself yeah. if I could do that all over. That took forever, and like, there are pretty decent options out there. I would yeah. have had to like plug in in our user system and stuff, but it would have taken vastly less time. Yeah, but the end result, I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty great. But 
I mean, we, we would have just it looked like been, everybody else. It would have been about 90% of that. Well, it wouldn't look like everyone else. Yeah. Why do all the V-Bulletin sites look the same, then? Because they're just lazy? Because V-Bulletin's terrible. I wouldn't use V-Bulletin. Oh, okay. Gotcha. There are others that you can scan easier. Then why, do, why does everybody use V-Bulletin? It's just old. It was back in the days when, like, GT was the top forum. Like, that was it. It was that yeah. and PHPBB. Like, yeah. And so if you had a big community on it, like, anytime you switch your forum software, you got to transfer all your threads and stuff, right. and something gets lost. Like, yeah. So you just don't do it. Right. So all these old forums... Are just still V Neogaf is V Bulletin. I mean, V Bulletin was a huge upgrade from PHPBB when uh, yeah. GT made the switch. So. Right. That was a long time ago, though. And then <laughs> I made the same mistake for GT and built the forms for GT, and then they replaced those in like they replaced them in like six months after I left with the with the whole crap. Have you ever wondered why Neogaf has never like built its own website? In its own built forms? its own forms because it's hard. They have, I mean, I... It works for them. They don't need to change it. It's, it's just shocking to me. Like, because, you know, I know the guy, he's, he said before, he makes like 600 grand a year just off ads on NeoGAF. Nice. And he, he's never put it back into the site. That site has not changed in like 11 years. Like, I was making 600 grand on something, I wouldn't touch it. Really? I would put half of that money back into it to make it even better. Like... Yeah, but like, I don't know, it's working. Yeah. But, I mean, all forums work. <laughs> I mean, it's not rocket science. No, but, I mean, it's working in a way that it's pulling in users and making money. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard to fix something that ain't broke. Yeah. I'm just surprised that, that it's just... Beebleton is getting a little long in the tooth, though. Yeah, You're yeah, right. for sure. But I guess if it does anything, everything they want it to, then why not? Yeah. So, so, that's it. You would just... Is there any features, though? Is there anything that we designed that you think we made a mistake and we should change and, and alter in any way? Um... I feel like the main... And be honest. Be totally honest. I mean, we're, totally honest, we, we I, can be honest with each other. We've been working <laughs> on a project for two years together. I would probably do the main navigation, like the, the three options up top different so that we could add more stuff. I mean, we've talked about doing that, but yeah. I, we don't really have an inspired answer to fix it. And I think to fix it, you'd have to redo that whole top bar. And, like, I don't, I don't think you'd like losing the, the things coming down and stuff like that. Well, here's the thing. I, it would be a totally different thing. It, it depends. Here's the thing. Here's the one thing that I regret about the site, and something that I'm probably gonna have to have you change eventually uh -uh. is the channel nav. Like yeah. I just people don't use it, and I think people don't use it because it's so different. Like people are not used to having a big image, and then your navigation, and then your content. Yeah, and yeah, it's I get it. it's cool, but it doesn't. It's not functional like well to a certain point people are already getting uh navved a little bit if they like if they only have a ps4 and they're rated down the xbox and nintendo then yeah. like, it's already being sort they might not need it yeah but i feel like if we had a more traditional navigation system that had things at the top by default with like drop downs like just say like sony microsoft yeah maybe. nintendo like i feel like people would click on those channels and be like I want to see what just happened with Nintendo today. Or mm -hmm. I want to see what just happened with Sony today. Or I just want to see what happened with indie games today. Like, because all those options are kind of buried in our channel nav, and, like, if you click that... Especially if, by your ratings of it, yeah. Yeah, and if you click the channel nav and it explodes into this, like, wall of, like, <laughs> options, which is, at first you're like, oh, wow, I can sift the whole site by any of this stuff, which is really <laughs> cool. But then you think about it, you're like, oh, my God, it's so overwhelming. It's like... 
Yeah, so that is the one regret. Like, I wish that we had just gone with a more traditional nav right out of the gate. Um, and also, we'll be talking soon, I do want to uh, redesign the homepage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. It's not going to be insanely different, but I feel like we need to uh, bring the good conversations forward. Because there are okay. great conversations happening on Sifted, but I feel like a lot of people come to the site. And this is just me being completely candid with you guys, because you're fanny. But I feel like people come to Sifted, and because we put up, we curate so much content every day, and I see this again, YouTube comments are great. Because people watch Pactor Factor. Pactor says, go to Sifted and check it out. They go and they check it out. And then for whatever reason, instead of leaving the comments on Sifted, they leave them, on they leave them in YouTube comments. <laughs> but it, the bottom line is I'm getting the feedback. Mm -hmm. and, and like a lot of people will be like, you know, I go there, there's like no one there. Because what they do is they go there, they scroll down the homepage, and they see that there's like dozens of stories with like no comments. But mm -hmm. the idea was never to have like a thousand comments on every story. Like some of the stories right. are there we set it up intentionally so that no one will comment. Like we cut out the bull crap in a lot of cases. Cause what happens with these publications is they try to bait you and they click bait you. So they'll yeah. say, Hey, look at this brand new character from this game, but they won't show you in the and thumbnail. Then you're just like, this is the character. So right. Thanks. <laughs> right. And so we cut it all out. Like a lot of times like collector's edition stories, Collector's edition for Call of Duty has blah, blah, blah. And then they just show like a picture of a guy shooting a gun. And so we'll go into the story. We'll snag the image of the collector's edition. And instead of using the thumbnail that that site used to try to get you to click through, we use it right there. A lot of times we summarize stories so you don't have to click through them. We still want to give credit to the publication who reported them. But we try to make it so you don't have to click. So we'll summarize as best we can some, like the bullet points of something yeah. in the blurb to save you guys time and make sure you're only clicking on stuff you really need to click on. So the site isn't designed to generate a thousand comments per story, but I think a lot of people, when they come to the site, they're like, where is everybody? Yeah. And the truth of the matter is there's a lot of great conversation going on on the site among adults, mature people who like to discuss things civilly. And I feel like we need to bubble that up more so that people discover it and they want to join in and be a part of it too and see that there is a lively community on Sifted. And I feel like that's my... Probably the biggest mistake is the site on the outside looks like it's dead at times when it's in fact not. There are people conversing and being a part of a great community on there, but on the outside it may not look that way. So I think that's sure. probably one of my biggest regrets and why I think we need to do a slight revision or tweak to the homepage to try to, at first glance, let people know, hey, there's people here and they're, they know their stuff and they're passionate about it, but they're respectful and they're adults and... You don't have to deal with a bunch of rare. Cre it is. It is really rare. Like what we've built there is really, really rare. I mean, so. Even in the early days of the GT forums, when I set those up, like it was still a lot worse than this. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I'm you know I'm really proud of the community that we built. Um, we just need more people. Still, we need more, more people. And that was a big uh, focus with this round of Pactor Factor was to try to get the people on YouTube to share the show. And like the show, like you know, I've kind of fought against the whole like YouTube thing. Yeah. I hate it. Like I hate that pandering. That <laughs> give me a like and a share. Like I just hate it. I just yeah. I don't like asking. Just in my nature, I just don't like asking anybody for anything. Like I just don't. Like I like to be self-sufficient. It's like you know, I instead of going out and asking people for money to buy to build sifted, like I just funded it myself. I'm like, 
I don't want to deal with all the bull crap that comes around asking people for money. And yeah. look, that's changed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it worked out pretty well. I am now actively looking for investment for Sifted. Uh, so, you know, you live and learn. But uh, intrinsically, I'm kind of that way. I want to be self-sufficient and be able to do things on my own. And so I feel like me, in some ways that's been good with the development of Sifted. In some ways it's been bad. And so we, I think with YouTube, we probably right from the beginning should have played the game and been like, like us, subscribe, share. We haven't done that ever on yeah. Factor Factor. And uh, this round that we just shot, we're finally starting to do that. And like, look, sometimes you got to play the game to win. Yeah. I, I mean, the old saying goes, you can't win if you don't play the game. So we're just trying to uh, adjust as we can and uh, try to make Sifted a success. Yeah, there's no harm in it. There's not. I don't know what it is about me that I just hate asking people for help. I've always been that way through my whole life, like with everything. Like, I don't know why it is. I just hate asking for help. Like, I've always wanted to be self-sufficient, and uh, sometimes you have to ask for help. And I've learned that lesson working on Sifted. So, anything else you want to add before we uh, move along? No, looking forward to uh, doing the store now, and then... Yeah, everybody You're, wants to know, what's the store? I get, every day I get a question. Where, where's the t-shirts going for sale? Where's the store it, going It up? would have been like two weeks ago when I right, You're going to hear it right now. No more me like telling you something you may or may not believe. Brent's going to tell you right now. What, what year is it? <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> I, have learned, I have learned to That's never great. give due dates ever again. Um, it, it won't be too long. And then... Uh, you didn't actually ask for this, but I'm going to add the read it later thing. That's oh, been really? requested multiple times. and like that. A, several of those times it was me like, <laughs> why can't I do this? I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm going to put that in there, and uh, we'll do that on page and stuff. We'll see where we go. All right. So big applause for Brent. Thank you. I know you Thank won't you. clap for yourself. But... Do it. Thank you. Great I job, need, man. I need lo-fi clapping. You've built an amazing website, without Thank you. a doubt. Thank no you. matter whatever happens, like you have done an amazing job and built a great site. And I'm very thankful for it, and I'm sure everybody on Sifted feels the same way. So, thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate thank it. You. All right, it's time to go to our trailer of the week. You guys are gonna hate this one. That's a sweet trailer. <laughs> it really is an amazing trailer. This uh, sold me the game. Yeah, well, this didn't but, sell me the game. E3 sold me this game, by the way, but. Uh, this week's trailer is for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. It's a story trailer. It stars Kit Harrington, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. As a villain. As a villain. Love which it. It's very bizarre seeing him in this He doesn't have a villain context. voice. He really doesn't. Conor McGregor from the UFC is another villain in this game. And uh, he's also in this trailer. Action-packed and pretty long for a story trailer. Yeah. Get those questions in now. Enjoy. The needs of our planet were greater than she could supply. So we sent men beyond the reaches of our atmosphere. But the open space gave way to an insurgency. We will eradicate the authority of the Earth. The Settlement Defense Front built an army. Our world is just beginning. A war machine. Theirs is dying. One day they'll come. It is not enough to break free. Try to take our homeland. We will break that! This is Raven 6. We're on final approach. Roger 6, you're clear to land. The Aegis guns, they appear to be tracking our fleet. SDF destroyers inbound! All stations, shots fired! Pull up, pull up! Captain's dead. Went down with his ship. So who has the con, Gator? I believe you do, sir. 
Day's attack was not limited to Geneva. SETDEF launched a concurrent strike on the Moon Gateway port. Tigris and Retribution are the only operable ships we have. Lieutenant Reyes, you are now the acting captain of Retribution. Salt, you with me? Always. Ground assault. Captain's place is on the bridge. Not this, Captain. Not today. Good to go. Let's get these bastards. This place isn't yours anymore. Kill them. Save the bullet. Let's go give him hell. Hey, should be a blast. Turn the ship around! The pilot of this ship. It's my job to make sure that we get back. I gave you a direct order! If you don't make that kind of choice, you have no place being in command. It's time to raise the black flag and start cutting throats. You know, I feel like Infinity Ward had a chip on its shoulder for this game. Yeah. Uh, so many people talk so much trash about Ghost, like, and I, I'm one of them. Like, it was bad. Ghost was not, a, well, it wasn't bad. It just was, it was not, not good. good. Yeah. yeah, that's the best way to put it. And man, I really feel like they're just coming out swinging with this game. It just, everything I've seen of it just looks so good. The multiplayer reveal looked probably not as good as the other stuff I've seen. It, a little more derivative, I guess. Uh, yeah. Not as unique. But it looked fun and looked fast, so I'm really excited for uh, Infinite Warfare. I haven't been this excited for a Call of Duty in quite a while, I have to say. So, all right, especially let's... the story part of it. Yeah. You know, like, usually you pick it up because, like, I don't know, it's the game of the month or whatever, but I'm actually interested to see what's going on. I got to tell you, I had to really struggle to get through Black Ops 3 camp campaign. <laughs> yeah. I really did. Like, and look, it, typically, typically Treyarch made my favorite, like, Call of Duty games, but I really, like... I got about halfway through it, and I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, it's yeah. only like six hours long. Yeah, it used to be the Infinity Ward kind of did, evolved it, and then uh, Treyarch could like refine it. Yeah, So like, yeah. the Treyarch ones were really solid games. Yeah. But Black Ops 3, man, I really had to drag my ass through that campaign. So, all right, let's get to some questions here. This generally takes quite a long, quite a long time to get through. So, uh, let's see... Who's better at Forza, you or Blood? That's from Eric Estrada. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been racing against his drive avatar and keeping up with him. I, I mean, just in general, I'd probably say Bloodworth is better at racing games than me. Back in the days at GT, he reviewed every... Once I got sick of racing games, I just started <laughs> handing all of them to him. And so he became kind of like the uh, resident racing expert at uh, GT. And it looks like that's continued on with Easy Allies, so... I would, just guessing, I would say Bloodworth is probably better than me at racing games. Uh, here's one from Surf Spider. Brent, what database tech did you use? Uh, we use MongoDB, and we're doing a MapReduce query to uh, pull the sift. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, he might. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Like, he's in one ear and right out the other. I have no <laughs> idea what the hell you're talking about. Uh, Vox91, are there any features you had initially planned for Sifted that didn't make it into the final build? 
No. Are you asking me? No. Or both of us. Uh, we've got more features than we originally planned? Yeah. Like the design doc that I originally handed Brent when achievements went live, I think that it was complete. It was sifted complete. Yeah. And in, in between, he had added other stuff that wasn't even on the design there were, doc. There were some times where I'd come to stuff and be like, this isn't right. We've got to add some stuff. And we yeah. just did it. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere in there, I started to believe. <laughs> and so, like, I, I really wanted to do stuff right instead yeah. of, like, I mean, just I realized it, it took forever to make this site, but, like, yeah. it was worth it to make it right. Yeah, and it is right. Um, as far as I'm concerned, no. Like, he, the design doc that I handed him on the day we had lunch before he moved to North Carolina, <laughs> it was a pretty thorough doc, but ultimately, yeah, at the end of the day, of everything made it in there. So, it sifted is now 100% feature complete from what my original idea was. Um... Here you go. Another one from Surf Spider. As a developer myself, I'm interested to hear more about the development of the site, what tech was used, challenges, etc. Would you guys consider doing a video on the topic? You don't have to give away any secrets, of course. Um, I mean, there's not any secrets. I, I think I responded. I said make a forum in the, th a forum in the thread about it. I'll, I'll post all of it. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to put the source code up there, but like, yeah. the technologies aren't... I'm not filing patents on any of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's I just, might. But <laughs> it is it is well applied use of technologies that are used by a lot of people. You never want to be the only person using a technology. Yeah. So like none of it's none of it's crazy, but I'm I think I'm using it together well. Here's just a compliment for you. Uh, not just blowing smoke. This is from Nolan Elric. Not just blowing smoke, but I've been around the net using various gaming sites for since the late nineties and Sifted is by far the best I've ever used. Thanks, Nolan. There you go, man. And he said, yeah, make a forum thread. That's from you. Uh, what feature on Sifted was the most challenging to make it work? That's from Rewind Replay Labs. <laughs> the infinite scroll on the forums? Yeah. On the forums? Yeah. Not wow. Sifted. Interesting. No, because the forums are actually, the way it works is that you could come in at any point. The Sifty always start at the top. Right. It's not complicated. Ah, you, you just know load the behavior stuff. already, yeah. But you might be clicking through to the, to a post that's in the middle or at the end, and then you got to load on top of it. And yeah. like, so let's say this is the top of your. We can get another video. This is the top <laughs> of your web page, and so like this is the bottom of your screen, and here's your most latest post. So like, I can't load in, I'm, or I'm not. I'm not loading in every single post because there might be a thousand of them. So like, when you scroll up, I have to. Feed move it. you down and then feed stuff in on top really quickly, but like it has to adjust for the images, which we don't know how big those are. Right. There's a lot of moving parts there, and I think that's not quite perfect. No, you can. You can. That's one thing we still have a little bit of work on. If you scroll fast enough, you can kick it off kilter. I need to yeah. do a little, do a little work on it, but. Uh, but now you appreciate like what went into that it's, feature. It's a little complicated. Yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, here's a good one. Vin Hill, your link to Twitch on the site is busted. Thanks. <laughs> Poor people have been clicking on that thing this whole time. A little late, but uh, thanks. You probably put that in earlier. I just didn't see it. Uh, let's see. What are your thoughts on the South Park delay from Short Raver? Short Raver, I always wondered, are you actually a raver? Uh, we actually talked about it off the top of the show. You must have came in late. Uh, we mentioned that uh, it was coming December 6th anyway, which was kind of too late for the big holiday shopping season, but then we wondered if anyone would buy that game for someone for Christmas anyway. <laughs> uh, you'll see it in the archive, though. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
Here's from Evusen with the Steam review thing. Why wouldn't just the review farms get all the 90% off coupons and those devs paying them a bit more for the difference? I can only see the Kickstarter and third-party store customers losing here. They might. That's a good point, actually. They might. Evusen. Well, the thing is, it's still more money. Like, if you're paying a dollar, that's already, like, 10,000 times what they were paying for that review. Like, they're paying, like, a dollar for 20 reviews. So, like... At the very least, it's going to skyrocket those prices, which is good for the system. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Vin Hill that's going to be answered later this evening. Brent, how is the WoW expansion? Uh, Brent, don't tell him. His uh, game, he wrote a game eval for... I just uh, turned in the eval. World of Warcraft Legion. So I thought about including it as a topic, but then I'm like, no one will read your eval. So but It's excellent writing. I don't know I why know you wouldn't read I, it. I know. I probably don't have to edit anything. I'm just going to... Be able to just pop it right into the site. I proofread it. What's there to What's there to edit? <laughs> um, I've and, heard that before. And <laughs> <laughs> not from just you. Let um, me tell you. I I like it. I mean, if I'll go through it with the with the eval. It's a long eval because there's a ton of stuff. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I could sit here and talk for an hour about that. So you'll read the eval very yeah. shortly. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just wait. Here's one from Gerzilla. What's your favorite environments in games? For example, mine are snowy winter areas. No, I also really like snowy winter so areas. So do I. <laughs> I really like that effect when you're like walking up the snow and they have the wind going over. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Tomb Raider did it a lot. I love the That's crunching cool. sound of the snow yeah. when characters walk in the snow. I love that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But I like, maybe it's just like the... The cool colors, the blues, the whites, the hues. Like, I just always feel like at peace when I play, like, the snow level yeah, like on whatever video game. Stuff, yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as we're on Earth, yeah. I want to be in the snow. I do, like, what, what's, much your least, game what's your least favorite? Space. Mine's desert areas. I hate desert areas in games. Because there's always, like, fire is always, like, a hazard. And, like, swamps. Swamps. Because you get stuck and you have to walk slow. Well, it's like, I feel like... Um, That's a great really question, like the, by the way. There are some... Uh, What's the Jedi game that was newer? The Jedi game? No, where you like, uh, you're as a prince. Force Unleashed. Yeah, the Force Unleashed games. I always had like one random environment. And you're in a jungle and like you get stuck. Those on games everything. were just bad. They could have been good. <laughs> they could have. They could. I actually really liked parts of it, but then you get stuck in a jungle. I love that question, though. By the way, that was that's good. a really unique question. Uh, wow, there's a ton in here now. Short raver is a raver. He is. Yeah. He also DJed. What kind of music do you play, Short Raver? Progressive House. What? Message me on Sifted, bro. Yeah. Let's see. Thoughts on the South Park delay? We talked about that. Uh, here's one from Johnny Hurricane. Any genre you think is overdone, like survival or just open world crafting games? <laughs> I think you answered your own yeah, question there a little bit. <laughs> that is a very good one. Roguelikes. They're kind of like getting overdone at this point. Yeah. I think, yeah, survival games in general, where you have to like craft stuff and collect resources, like they're starting to get a little overdone at this point. I still enjoy them. <laughs> I still play them. But I do feel like my, uh, my motivation to play them is starting to dwindle now at this point. Uh, let's see, there's a question from Kill with, Kills with Kindness. I love that name. Shane, will you evaluate RE7 for PS4, PS4 Pro, and PSVR? Um, I will not write separate gaming valves for all three versions. I would say that I'll probably 
address both the PS4 and the PS4 Pro versions in the graphics section. Um, I doubt the. Well, like, I don't know. With frame rates, it could actually impact gameplay some. Blah. What? <laughs> yeah, it can make it throw up, too. You yeah, don't could, know. Yeah. Put that well, in the value Well, no, section. what I was about to say is, like, PlayStation <laughs> VR will certainly have its own sort of section in the game eval where it will be uh, addressed individually, for sure. So, yeah. So, I guess the answer to your question, yeah. <laughs> uh, Congrim1, do you reckon internet service provider Datacast will impede on tr the tra transition of 4K gaming and streaming? I hope not, man. But I really yeah. think it might be a problem. Like, I honestly think that Time Warner Cable is throttling Netflix. Like, they are. That's illegal, isn't it? It's obviously happening to me. It is I can, against regulation. I'm not sure they're doing anything about it. I can stream anything, rock solid, crystal clear, 1080p. Then there's Netflix, and like at like one in the morning, when no one else in my building is even awake or using any internet, it'll stop and choke. And I'm like, this is bullcrap. Like they're throttling it. Like they're yeah. obviously. You don't even know how bad it is. Netflix actually approached several major ISPs and offered to. Uh, set up their own fiber. Like, you don't use your regular connection, you use our fiber connection. You only use us for, like, yeah. the last mile or the local setup. Yeah. Like, they no. didn't want to do it. So, yes, I do think data caps could have a huge impact on 4K gaming and streaming, without a doubt, man. Like, if they're already throttling me and my 1080p stopping to, like, buffer, like, wait till that 4K is, like, coming through there. Like, yeah, yeah I think it's a huge, huge concern. Great question there, Congrim. One. Uh, let's see. We'll answer a couple more. Rewind Replay Labs. What was your favorite memory from GT? Hmm. Oh, man. Oh, there were so many. So many. I think the first... My first E3 there in 2006. I had just been hired in March... And I was still trying to kind of prove myself because when I got there, we were stuck in that crappy office like next to where we would end up. Yeah. And uh, and it was hard because I was trying to hire people and I hired one guy and he ended up being a total jerk who like couldn't handle like not working in his boxers like he'd worked freelance his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? I'm not going to name his no, name. No, I made exactly the same mistake. No. Yeah, so I hired this guy who had been freelance and been working at home and he was a just terrible he was really terrible and i had known the guy for five or six years already at that point and had known him at various game junkets and he was terrible and i felt like uh my boss was like oh shane's first hire was like a bad hire and so i felt like i was <laughs> under the gun to like prove myself and finally as time went on like it was march april maybe i had like three months to get ready for e3 and finally i got like a couple really good guys in right before e3 and I just went out and hired a ton of freelance people to cover E3, set up everything, set up the production pipeline for E3, what everyone was going to be doing, where they were going to be. And it just went off flawlessly, and our traffic just, like, exploded. Like, I remember, Literally. I mean, dude, it... Because the site came down. It Every E3 until my last one. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that was the first like... time, like, I mean, I just remember my boss... The look on his face, like, after the first day of E3 was over, like, I could just see. I was like, oh, I did a good job. Like, he was just like, holy crap, how did you do this in, like, three months? 
So that that was probably the most memorable moment. I remember he gave me a medal at like the E3 <laughs> party. Literally, it was like a medal with like an Olympic medal thing that he put over my head, like at the post E3 party, which is really funny. But stuff like that means something to you. I remember being really sad hard. that I never got a medal. Really? Well, the side always went down during uh. E3. Who's going to give me a medal? <laughs> but I remember the, the year it didn't go down, I was like, Finally. Somebody's going to give me a medal, yeah. right? Like, no one said an no, effing see, word. They're see, like, the, thanks for finally doing your job. Well, see, the thing <laughs> was, is like, over time, like, everything, like, the motivation for a lot of stuff just went away. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but like, the people above us just stopped caring. Like, I think they just took it for granted. They took it for granted that we were going to have the best content. They took it for granted we were going to have the best people on our shows. They took it for granted we were going to post everything first. They took it for granted we had every exclusive. They took it for granted that GTVD with Jeff Keighley was going to get greatest. Like, they just took everything for granted after like three years. Like, it was like three years, like the cutoff, where they're just like, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Shane runs a great editorial team. Jeff Keighley makes a great TV show, and that's how it is. And like, it, I think that's where like the spirit of GT just kind of started to fade a little bit. There were other reasons. Yeah. That were. We probably shouldn't get into. Okay. <laughs> a lot of it had to do with freedom of budgets. There yeah. was a very long period of time that, uh, like, I used to give bonuses to my guys and stuff like that. And then yeah. it was like, nope, that's done. Yeah. And then it was, you can't hire. And then it's, and then it was at this Oh, we were on a hiring freeze for like four years or something. Well, and if you're on a hiring freeze, as long as someone is doing more than zero work, it's not worth it to get rid of them. Yeah. Because you can't rehire their position. Yeah. And so, like... Some people that probably should have gone were still there, and then I don't know, it was a it was a rough time. I mean, the first two thousand eight, like I think magical, it was a lot of rough though. times for yeah. a lot of companies. Yeah, so for sure, it wasn't just us. We like, should be glad we had jobs, but I was, dude, I was glad every day I had a job. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I offered to redo my budget to make up for people, and they were like, "Nope, you cannot hire that person." Yeah, great. Yep, lots of good times though, as well. For me, it was. Um, I, so the first couple version of GT I did pretty much by myself, and then uh, we got big enough that that wouldn't really work. So I had hired some people, but I, I still did the majority of the, um, like important programming, which is bad if you're the boss. I really shouldn't have been doing that, and um, I broke my hand and couldn't program. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and. my guys picked up the slack. They all did the work. I went over the program. I was like, hey, this is great. You did a good job. Why was I letting you guys do this the whole time? And, like, it and really, that's what they're saying. Why weren't you letting us do this? We want to do this. And it really, it really changed my whole job there. I was able to actually be a supervisor and uh, protect them and stuff. It was, a, it was a growing moment for me, and it was, I was proud of my team and stuff. Like, that, was a, that was a big time for me. Uh, let's see. Is there one more... Them GG. When is Marcus? <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that might be it. Cool. All right, that's going to do it, folks. Thanks for all the great questions. We have one more thing before we go, though. This week, not only do we have a new Sifted Elite member, we have a new Sifted Elite All-Star. Whoa. Going straight to the top, just like the Jeffersons. 
to that deluxe apartment in the sky. Let's bring it up. Rewind play, brother. Sifted yeah. Elite All-Star. Nice. You are the man. This this guy did it consistently. Like ever literally, ever since we launched our donation program, this guy has donated like every single week. Some weeks it was more, some weeks it was less, but like every week he gave us something. Uh thank you Rewind Play. You are awesome. Welcome to the the highest elite club that Sifted has to offer. If I had a velvet rope, if you want us to make us make you another one, we will. <laughs> if I had a velvet rope, I would open it for you right now <laughs> and show your your selection of women to have at your disposal. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, man. I really, really appreciate uh, the donations. Um, I know what to say. You guys are just awesome. All you sifters are awesome. So. That's going to do it. Brent, excellent job, brother. Thanks. Great to want to show with you. Great being here. Brent is in Los Angeles now, so we may be bringing him in to do some other fun stuff with us. You'll see Sweet. his first ever Game Eval probably tomorrow. Hopefully there isn't much editing that needs to be done. We'll see about that. It's my second Eval I wrote. The first <laughs> one just never got up. And, uh, yeah, so look for his Eval tomorrow. The show will be up tomorrow as always. Um, Everyone have a great weekend. Don't forget Tokyo Game Show is going on this weekend. And as always, we'll be curating all the hot stuff. Uh, We already have curated a ton. But look out on Saturday for those two big demos. You'll see Death Stranding for the first time and Metal Gear Survive, (laughs) for better or worse. So everyone have a great evening. Thanks, as always, for the people who are on the stream. Without you guys, the show would be boring as crap. So have an excellent weekend. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.